Hey, I'm Death Knight, and you're listening to Saffron Shadow Legends. Assemble! Enjoy! Hello and welcome everyone. This is not the Saffron Man's usual podcast. This is actually a dark takeover led by yours truly, Rufus Shinrap. The Saffron Man is uh, might tell you otherwise, but he's actually gagged and bound in my dungeon in the darkest, deepest cell. And we're making him watch, actually. That's how good of a person uh, I am today. So, and uh, as you might know, we have a stacked cast, a lot of topics, and a little bit of a twist on the usual format of the podcast. We'll come into that as we go. So with me today, uh, I will start with the roundtable. I will tell, uh, I will let everybody introduce themselves. But uh, just so that you know, we are not going to filter any opinions we might have. Some opinions might be stronger than usual. Some language might be stronger than usual. But hey, we wouldn't be doing any of that if we did not have passionate love for this game. So with that out of the way, let me introduce my illustrious guests today, uh, going in no particular order with first uh, Besmir. How are you, Besmir? Return uh, I'm all good, Rufus. Third time yeah, uh, in a row, right? Uh, yes, uh, the, this is um, this is my second time in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy to be here. Happy that we have a very, very rich cast today with uh, colleagues and other game passionists like you introduced. So thanks for the invite. Beautiful. Then we have Mr. Mad Kappa. What's going on? How's it going? Jeez. All good, all good, bro. We have also Mr. Tham, whom all of you know by now. Cards! What up? <laughs> hey. And How are you doing, guys? Thank you for the invite again. Yay. Great, great. So, and last but not least, uh, returning from a hiatus from Raid content creation, I would say, uh, just to give us his opinions and uh, join us in this podcast, Mr. Kizzle. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm 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 good. Mr. Fan gave me a minor heart attack. I don't. It might be his call sign. <laughs> it sounded like a like a Charizard turning into a Charmander. Man. <laughs> Threw me a little bit, but I'm good. I'm good now. Extra evolution live on stream. Great. Uh, yeah. And also, we'll have today with us Olka, who will be uh, actually our man in the chair. If you're familiar with Joe Rogan's podcast, he will be our Jamie. If we need any info looked up, if we need any information searched, he is our man. He's also coordinating all sorts of, uh, let's say, technical aspects of the broadcast. So, with all that out of the way, now let's get into, uh, let's start with a few, let's say, lighter topics, talking about some of uh, the news that happened uh, recently regarding Raid. Uh, we will not start with the AMA because that's something that will come up probably as we are talking. Uh, we'll talk about the news, the, the 10x, the 2x that's happening currently, the news that were announced for next week's update, and um, then we will maybe we'll, we'll do a little bit uh, of a um, uh, focus on uh, on Kizzle, see what he's been up to outside of Raid, if he's been playing any other games, etc. If there's anything he wants to talk about, then we will delve into the nitty and gritty and try to dissect this situation that Raid has become now. So, starting with uh, with with the what's happening currently. So, uh, before going to the announcements that were made yesterday, uh, 10x, 2x uh, for people playing raid around the table and in chat. So, uh, did you pull any shards for this uh, 2x? Are you interested in the 10x that's coming up tomorrow? Uh, let's start maybe with uh, Matt Kappa. What do you think? 
Yeah, so I did pull shards. I didn't buy any. Um, we've we've clamped the wallet shut, so I had um, forty something shards. I had, it started with like forty two, but then I got like my clan boss ones, and I actually had a crazy good rates because I opened up okay. three sacreds and the forty something shards. I pulled three legendaries, was the good news. I got a new one, Fushan, which I like. Um, but then I also got my third Foley, and as a meme, so my chat knows the meme, um, I have five Sathalias and four Lugans, and I made this, I just Holy went on this geez. like 20 minute rant, I went on this crazy rant, talking about how the fifth Sathalia is basically a home record because she now has to marry one of the Lugans that's already married, and a polygamy, and everything, well, crisis averted, because I pulled my fifth Lugan this weekend, so now we're good. I have five Lugans, five Sathalias. They're happily married. They, there's no polygamy. The one Lugan's a little pissed, but uh, other than that, we're doing pretty good. And um, yeah, no, it was really, it was really, it was a tight moment in my in my harem. They were all fighting. It was embarrassing. But um, as for the, yeah, I'm, I am kind of interested in the uh, Sikia or Sisia, whatever you want to call her. Um, but I'm kind of pissed on how they did it. Pull her up, Jamie. <laughs> kind of mad on how they did it because they could have put the ten time into the two X. They've done it before, but this time they try they segregated it in order to obviously get us to open more shards. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm tin hat theorying with with Plarium on everything they do. I assume is evil, but in my defense, everything they do is usually evil. So. Um, I probably won't. I won't buy. But if I have some shards, I'll I'll save them up and and see what we can do for tomorrow. Cool. So I'll we'll get into into Cecilia's kit uh, a little bit uh, after everyone gives their thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was uh, exactly we wanted. I wanted to mention this. Didn't we have a Cecilia? About this, perhaps you you wanted to talk about it later. I think we had a Cecilia pool event a few weeks ago. Was she? Uh, yeah, I think like there was uh, the a guaranteed champ, right? Uh, it was, no, uh, that's Countess Lex. Countess Lex, actually. Oh, okay, my bad. Okay, but so she was. It's a mistake because they're both uh, they're both in relationships with angels, so easy mistake. And they were they were released both with the same patch, I guess, if I'm not mistaken, or quite close. Yeah, they came that's in with the same patch. That's true. That's true. Okay, okay that's why. So because Sisia pairs up with um, with the Cordial and. Uh, 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 true. Up with, with yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so uh, Mr. Tham, uh, you, you were telling me earlier about your shot pulls. Did you pull anything good? Did you pull anything at all? Or uh, were you saving your shots for, for something else, for another event? Mm, I pulled what I have and I bought something with some of the gems I have. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a new Lord Chazar. I'm just happy I got like one new champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's another thing, actually. How often do you pull new champions now? No, no. <laughs> like that's well, almost absolutely. almost never. <laughs> Mad Kappa was just talking about his whole polyamorous relationship between five Lugans, five Sitalias, and and what so whatever. I I've actually have had similar experience with. You say that you've just pulled your first Fusha, and I'm at my fourth. If I pull another one, I'll really need to to do some uh, matchmaking in, into my account, but. Yeah, that's the thing. You tend to pull the dupes of, of the same champions a lot. So specifically for accounts that are whales or big spenders or big pullers, 
there are always trends. There is always that one or two champions that you will have quadruples of, as opposed to other champions that you never pull any copy of. Uh, I don't know if this is the same thing in other gachas, because I'm um, not, well, I only experienced maybe a couple more, but in race it seems to be a, a trend. It is, because I maybe up, oh, you don't know this, but I fed my fifth Duchess last week, no, two few weeks ago. Ouch. A fifth, a fifth Duchess, okay? Like, I That's vowed I will freaking do it, and I did it. That stabs like, my heart. That stabs yeah, my I'm heart. Sorry. I'm not, not trying to rub it in, I'm sorry, oh. but like, what I'm gonna do with no. the fifth one? I now know yeah. what Saffron feels like when I bug him about Sir Nick. Oh god. That yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I actually know the guy who won against him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, tell, tell us more, please. Like, really? What, what am I supposed to do? Like, I have five martial arts. Five Basilius Ronas, a champion that I never fucking used. Sorry, excuse yeah. me for my language. But still, like, what are we going to do with all these tubes? You're going to, well, with the dupe system. Damn. You're going to have the best... Let's not talk about this right this minute. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, my bad. I jumped too early. Yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get to it in due time. No yeah, way. let's not talk about this this minute. <laughs> so, uh, just, well, Kizla, I, know, I don't know if you've been playing the game, uh, because actually that would be a transition to talk a little bit about what you've been doing. So, uh, have you been playing Raid at all? Uh, because the last time we've, uh, we've heard of you was with your ground-shattering video about the... Uh, Plarium CEO transition, which actually made a lot of noise, and uh, from what I hear, it uh, got reactions directly from Plarium employees. But since then, uh, have you been playing Raid uh, at all? Uh, are you still interested in the in the game loop, or uh, what? What have you been up to, brother? Um, I played uh, Epic Seven for a while. Um, I, I still play it, you know, but I was playing it with the intent of like doing content, and then pretty much right right about the time I kind of had like real life stuff start to slow down a little bit uh so i could you know actually start to do some content i started to kind of realize that the uh basically the cpm the metric that youtubers get paid by on uh, e7 was extremely yeah. low so unfortunately i put a lot of time into the game to kind of realize that there's really no money in doing content on it so i uh I've been playing Raid ever since I kind of came to terms with that. Um, mm. Kind of just getting back into the game and learning it. I, I did pull. I got one legendary. It, it was a. Uh, I gotta remember who it was. It, I asked my guild if it was any good. They said it was trash. It was the uh, lizard guy with no legs. Uh, ah, the sausage frog, or is yes, it, uh... sausage frog. That's it. You nailed it. Vergum car. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So uh, I um. But no, I uh, ultimately haven't really been playing it like too competitively. I don't think I'm going to spend any money on it. it it's just uh, you know, overall when you when you kind of look at the way the game works and whatnot, I uh, I don't know what the new dupe system's like. I can kind of answer the question of what other gachas do, and what other gachas do is they don't allow multiple champions in any battle game mode. So you couldn't bring two battle mm -hmm. Back in 20, you only bring one. However, you can typically imprint your draft battle Gazar. So the more battle Gazars you put into them, you know, then he would get like a stable stat like HP or defense on a multiple. So there's an incentive to pull doubles. Frankly, mm -hmm. when you pull doubles and other gadgets, especially really good units, it's usually a really good thing because now you can min max. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, it uh, ultimately, uh, and to kind of answer the question about, uh, it was the creative director, the, the the highest level one I know that I talked to you about the last video I did. And um, he essentially said that everything that I said in the video was, was, was accurate. Um, that being said, he, he did kind of say that the CEO at the time was, was retiring versus being pushed out. I would venture to say that, you know, he got pushed out. That's, it always looks like a retirement Hell, the CEO of a company I work for right now is quote unquote retiring. And he was definitely fired. But, um, <laughs> it's just the way it works. You know, uh, the guy's young. If he decides to leave the company he started, then he got fired. That's it. That's really, you know, that's really it. But, um, Ultimately, I don't really have a lot of interest in spending on the game, not until they start to develop some sort of uh, banner system. And that's what I think the game needs the most right now. You know, you need a way to get the units that you're looking for. They you need a, a banner with a 1%. One could argue that they, they yeah. kind of have it. They, they kind of have it with the 10x chance, but it's still, uh, it's still a, a 0.5 chance to get the champion, to get a legendary. Then it's uh, 10x to get a specific one. Yeah, and what bothers me about that is there's no pity system in it today, right? Uh, actually, like, there is. <laughs> Let us... is. Is it for one specific <laughs> unit? And th that's actually a good a good thing because I, I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about flame uh, sissy of flame tongue, but hey, let's leave just the skills on the screen. Everybody can read. This is the dark podcast. We're not here to take you by the hand and let you know which champions are good or not. You're all vaccinated. I hope adults, so you can read about sissy. Yeah. Let's go back to the topic. So, to, uh, yeah, the, your perspective, Kizla, is interesting because out of all the people here in the cast, people have been, we've been keeping up with the game, actually, we've still in uh, have our finger right in, in, in the machine and uh, we, we're still keeping up with every single new addition to it. But what, what it turns out, what happens, just to bring you up to speed, is that the game had a built-in pity system. It was kind of hidden, not uh, exposed to the public. Uh, after doing some code digging, people found out that after a certain amount of shards, whether it is uh, gold, blue, or purple shards, uh, a, kick, a pity system kicks in, uh, up in your percentage chance every time you pull in new shards until you get uh, a leg or an epic. Uh, so the, the system is in place, and some people actually went ahead uh, from the community and developed third-party apps to let you visualize that system to see how close you are to getting a Lego. So that can help you target specific units if, you, if there is a 10x chance. Uh, but, uh, and this will be the first uh, maybe uh, topic that we will start uh, to talk about in our <laughs> Plarium uh, list of, of things that they, that they, that they messed up. Uh, two weeks ago or so, uh, they did an update on the game which kind of blocked and disabled uh, that, uh, that third-party app. So even... If we had a brief period of respite where we were able to see our mercy, now we're not able to do it anymore. Yeah, that, that sounds incredibly cumbersome for what really should be a simple system. Ah, yes. You know, because <laughs> you know, like any other game today, like even the, the new My Hero Academia game that just dropped this week, right? You go there, there's a banner if you want to roll on. Let's just say All Might, because we're talking about that game for a second. Mm -hmm. You know, after uh, 100 rolls, right, um, you know, you, you get them no matter what. The thing that's nice about that is you, you don't really wail arbitrarily, man. There's this feeling when you have a next two weekend in raid and you don't get what you want, and it is a horrible feeling. It's nowhere near as bad as the feeling of when you spent too much money on the unit that you want, though. And the latter, I feel like, will make you come back to the game. Whereas the former, like, I've had those moments in raid where I was like, okay, 
it's make it or break it. If I don't get a Siffy this weekend, like I have to quit. You know, I, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. I didn't get Siffy, and pretty much I quit for a little bit. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's just the way it works. Whereas in other games, you're like, all right, I'm gonna spend way too much money here. But at the end of it, okay, I got the unit. I can rationalize this. I can tell myself it was a dumb decision. I won't do it again next month. Here it comes. Yeah, I'll do it all over again. Because you yeah. get the unit, you know. Yeah. yeah, because meaning you, if if that was that transparent, people would be able to plan their game accordingly. So, uh, well, I, yeah, go, go I ahead. Think I was going to say, I think their fear with that is that they can get you to spend more if you don't have a pity on that champion. and Or they're worried, they, like, it's that, that desire that a, a person with money has for a champion that someone else has. And I think they, in their mind, they think, oh my god, if we do that, then everyone will have Siffy. Then what do we do for two-time Void events? Like, people will already have Siffy from the event. And the problem with that thinking is, they don't have to do it like that. They can make it a little bit more generic if more champions did similar things. Yes. But they've created this thing where you basically, to be in Platinum, you basically need one or multiple of a Warlord, Siffy... Trunda, those are, uh, you know, those are mainstays you, you have to have, right? Yeah, if, 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 you, if you take a look at uh, any of the uh, uh, top 10 reset pictures for the Platinum for the past, I don't know, six months, the top 10 teams all at least have, as you said, a Sifi or a Warlord, uh, the defenses, yeah. I mean. These yeah, the or Duchess, I guess, would be another one of those. The meta but... is champion-centric rather than being mechanic-centric or anything else. <laughs> So, well, yeah. you know, most metas, in, in my experience, most metas are, are champion-centric, right? The, the, the big difference here is, like, to kind of circle back to a little bit of what Matt Capper said. He said, like, I don't think Plarium would do that because... And the reasoning is, is very Plarium-like, but it's not what every other game's like. The reasoning is, oh, well, now we might not make, you know, uh, times 10 our money. We might make times 9. You know, it's... First of all, it's a flawed way of thinking. I really honestly think if there were data out there, it would prove out that the pity system makes more money. I really believe that. It's anecdotal. But I mean, just from my personal experience, you know, X2 weekends, after going through one or two of them, you, you say to yourself, like, dude, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, you know, I might get double the chance of getting voids, but I'm soon get, you know, three more copies of something that I already have, right? Whereas the pity system, you know, it's a significant incentive to spend heavy. Right, and you still have the same RNG chances, right? Yeah, and, eventually, and, and, you know, you, uh, you get something for it. And the thing is, that's exactly what they've been told, that uh, having a pity system in the game, or during the period that we were able to visualize it, people were actually, uh, or people who were big spenders or mid-spenders, were spending more preparing resources, preparing shots to target some specific champions. Uh, the the thing, and I want maybe um, Bezmi or Madcap or anybody or Mr. Tham, if you want to jump in, um, what do you think about um, the whole way that they handled it? Because just to put things into context, their response uh, regarding... Uh, there was an AMA, actually, uh, on Reddit, and one of the questions was, why did you take out the pity system? Can you please bring it back or put it... Uh, either allow the third party to function or put it directly in the game? The answer that was given is that it had some uh, security issues involved with it, where we know that's utter bullshit, because yeah. there are not only because people have looked at the, the, the code itself, it's open source and uh, concluded that there were no threats, but also because they're still allowing things like and no hate to, towards Hell Hades, uh, not at all. They're still allowing Hell Hades' third party website to, to function. And he does pretty much the same thing, drawing data from, from the game client side. So 
what, what do you guys think? Is that is that uh, let's say uh, honest communication? What, it makes me laugh. It makes me actually laugh because, first off, as a as a former programmer, now it's been twenty years, so to be able to actually do it would be impossible. But the actual programmer who asked the question said in his, "There's at least six security flaws that have nothing to do with it that I'd love to point out." But the actual pity system doesn't have any data encapsulated around it. The actual guy who was who makes the thing was like, "Hey, look, you guys, I can take data." But the thing that makes me laugh even more is that they're so worried about this. They were on it like a fat kid on a Smarty. They were on it in seconds. By the way, a Smarty is like an M&M. It's a Canadian <laughs> delicacy. Uh, and they were, it, they were on it so quickly. And yet, guess what? A week later, by the way, there's a speed hack system. And everyone can run 10 times. And everyone's been cheating for months. And no one knows about it. But that, none of that's gotten fixed. You know, there's, so what, like the irony is, oh, a speed hack, which will make people probably spend more energy. Oh, we'll fix it eventually. You know, oh, clan hopping, Ah, but it's making us money. So we'll fix it eventually. But it's a a pity system that they think might have dropped some matrix, some analytic of theirs, and it's fixed in, shoot, uh, I mean, six weeks at best, right? That we had that? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, six weeks. Like, what is, what's wrong with having a counter? You're actually just seeing, like, the number of shards you pulled. If you're closer to your pity, you will get some shards and pull them. Like, yeah. they're still gonna make money, but, like, the idea that they, no, we don't want them to see it. We want them to pull more shards, like, without knowing how many they need to pull. Like, they've feel afraid of losing money, they took it down immediately. Because let's face it, shards is their moneymaker. They're playing uh, uh, the, the psychological game. Do they want to let uh, people or gamblers in the dark just shoot in for a chance to get something random? Or uh, do they want to give them a little bit of a chance to plan out their actions? So as far as their metrics go, uh, they probably think that the first option is the best for them as a in a casino mentality sort of thing. Yeah, my my two cents on this is like, basically I do agree with uh, what you guys already say. I mean, I just want, I'll try to not be too much technical. I just want to like uh, comment on the security related issues they have claimed to to, to have in this, in this third-party apps, like I am, I'm a professional. I'm a coder. Uh, as a professional, I'm a database administrator, so I do work with, uh, and I code for fun. That's my. That's not professional. But I have looked into the code myself, and basically, the pity system. What was it? It was just a few lines in a JSON file, which was not encrypted in the in in the client directory. So every time you basically downloaded the game or you Open the Plarium, uh, sorry, you open the Plarium client. Plarium Play did re-download the JSON file, so you got an updated version of the file. And the third-party app, what was doing, it was nothing more than reading that JSON file. So you could do it yourself if you were like uh, an, enough skilled without using a third-party app. It was completely like open, so it was not encrypted. So there was no security issue with it. I mean, the only security issue that could have been is something that they already had, but not related to the pity system, like the JSON file not being encrypted. I could have extracted other information from the client that perhaps I was not, I should not be extracting. But hey, in that case, just encrypt the file. 
okay, encrypt the file so I'm not able to read it. And the Plarium, I mean, your game client can read it because it has the decryption key. It's like, uh, I, I, I'm trying to not be technical. Let me know, guys, if I'm too deep in the, in, in the, in, in the description. So, uh, like, there was no, with that said, no security issue. On the other hand, I think their analytics, like you said, were telling them that people were slowing I mean, on buying shards. It was laying down because they were just buying when they were close to the pity system for the 10X, okay? So uh, they have stated in the AMA or they have like, I think somebody has said in the CC chat as well that they are planning or they will consider adding it in the game itself, in, in, in game, the, the counter. But I don't think that will ever happen. And that's honestly, it is sad because... Like it, transparency on the long run, in my opinion, pays off more. But hey, they've got the analytics, they've got the data. They, as a company, uh, they know what they're doing. Hopefully, I don't think so. Yeah, just, mm. just, just to address the question in chat. Yes, smarties are known all over the world, not just in Canada, Madcapa. Yes, but people have confirmed it, and I can confirm it also from my side. I've eaten kilos and kilos. Also, to, to rephrase what Makutin said when I was a, when I was a kid. So uh, uh, j jumping back on the topic of uh, content creators' reaction, and yeah, there was also a little bit of a controversy recently with a video released by uh, BGE, uh, a strong Canadian YouTuber, for anyone that does not know him, uh, where he was showcasing the cheat engine. Just by the way, the cheat engine is not something specific to Raid. It has been around for years and years, used in other games. It's basically a third-party app that allows you to speed up in-game actions. Uh, to uh, sometimes up to ten, 10 times. So he just showed in his video that it exists, that some people use it. He demonstrated it on a dummy account. And for some reason, there was um, a little bit of uh, an upset reaction from Plarium say, or saying that, why did you show that? Uh, now people will start using it and people will get banned, etc., etc. But the guy did nothing but show what was there. And we know for a fact that many clans have been using this or abusing this application the same way that clan hopping was abused back then it's on plarium if anything so that's as far as as what i think but uh let me know what, what are your thoughts about um the the whole bge speed hack thing honestly i think it's a ballsy move and i salute him for that he's basically telling plarium fix it yeah. fix it this is something been abused for a long freaking time and you're just ignoring it fix the damn thing but no as i said before plarium work around things not towards things. What if I told you guys they will just ignore it. Like the, as you said, like people are they're gonna ban people. Like wow, this is your solution to fix it? No, dude, this is not how you fix things. Like something like a speed hack uh, in tournaments or stuff like that. Actually, it's not fair. It's not fair. Like to use some like okay now with the dungeons twenty fives and stuff like that. What what's like gonna be like the fastest time in Fire Night? A minute. Or something like that. No, it's not. It's not fair. Just like drop the damn thing already and just remove it from the game completely. Make it don't work. But no, they don't want to. They're uh, focused on no, other they things. Can't. It's like difficult to make. Technically, it's difficult. Like that is really, really difficult yeah, to well, to well, stop yeah, cheating. Jim is putting up the video. Like if you but can't stop it. cheating, giant because it's like on your client side. You need a third party app that starts before uh, the game client and checks. If it's running, and then you need like a daemon installed on your computer that does check every now and then while you're playing the game. If you have started, because you can start cheating done after you have started the game, so you need a check on startup, and you need a check uh, every like action you do, 
it, it's quite compli complicated from a technical perspective to, to, to stop Cheat Engine. Like, Cheat Engine has been around for long, so long in, uh, in a lot of other games that are uh, client-server based and that are not uh, that are asynchronous. Let's say asynchronous because that's the right term terminology. So they can stop it, but they can do uh, they can like they can disincentivate it, or they could just try to mitigate it. For sure, there are a lot of things that they could do that they are not considering. Yeah, so th there are many things that they could do. In fact, one of which was just suggested by uh, Diablos in chat is uh, add in a four times option uh, mm -hmm. for exactly exactly. Maybe even put it behind a, a, a locked behind the paywall uh, as a like a banner or anything, but uh, add it. Uh, they'll say that no, our game will not look as good as it does or something like that. But that's all bullshit. Add it to the damn freaking raid pass. You yeah, have a raid pass that is useless. Yours, I saw yeah. a video of yours, Mister. I'm talking about all what they could do with the with the raid uh, with the raid pass. If you if you could just bring back some of those ideas, I think it was pretty interesting. Like, okay, the thing is that my idea with the Raid Pass was like, okay, there's a lot of games who have this idea of the Game Pass, like, it basically keeps leveling up. The more levels you get in it, the more benefits you get. Like, and honestly, if you talk about, if you think about it from money, money things, they will, Palerium actually will earn money. Definitely will earn a lot of money. Like, my idea was like to gain... For example, on first level, you will gain more speed on the dungeons, right? You will get, like, more energy cap. You will get, like, reduced cost of repairing gear. Like, these things actually will benefit people to actually spend in the game. Okay, I'm spending, yes, I'm getting this also from the raid pass. Besides the monthly subscription that people need to have still, like, they're still gonna make money from it. I heard, like, people in my chat when I was actually reading the ideas that I have that they will free, they are free to play and they are willing to spend money to get it just to get some of the f ideas I had. Like, Bro, would, yeah. like, on, for example, max level, you get zero cost on removing gear. Yeah. Why not? That, that the, the the only thing I don't know what's preventing them from that. Maybe because look, if you could jump in on here and give us a perspective from other games. So, uh, because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, the 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 raid pass is is barely used anymore by anybody, given this uh, the the little amount of benefits it gives. But what what's going on in in uh, under other skies? Um, well, like so, two things. I'll answer that first, and then I'll, I'll circle back sure, to sure, why they, sure. they don't do these things. Um, I've never seen anything like a raid pass in other games. Like usually you see like the, uh, okay, here you get daily energy. If you buy this monthly pass, you get, uh, you know, daily arena tokens, you know, so you can get more options into the arena, you know, some sort of, uh, in-game currency or in-game key daily, nothing like what you see with a raid pass. I haven't seen anything like that at all. Um, you know, actually in, in E7, you can get uh, added XP, you know, but that really only benefits the early game players. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like the raid pass is a little bit antiquated. I, I don't really know why, uh, why it's still here, why they haven't reformed it. But actually, I, I guess I do, and that's what I'll kind of mention here. So the problem with their decision-making process, and I, and I know this based off of one conversation I had with, with one of their creative directors, but it was we were talking about, to put it into the context that it was, we were talking about the, uh, the 3v3 arena, right? Mm -hmm. And 
when he was telling me about it, you could tell he was like really disappointed. And um, I was like, well, do you think it's going to be good? And he was like, honestly, it had potential to be really good. And he said, but we make decisions by committee here. And some people that are in that committee don't play the game, uh, don't want to play the oh. game. And, you know, there was a vote and the vote did not go in the direction it should have. And it's going to be, and he didn't say it's going to be trash, but he might as well have, you know. And wow. he actually plays the game. This particular guy does. Um, you know, he's very, he's probably the most knowledgeable person I've talked to at Plarium about the game. But if you were to compare him to a, one of the content creators, it's not even close. The content creators know way more than even the experts at Plarium do about the game, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what really bothered me about that is when he told me that, I, mean, I had kind of just left a company where we made decisions by committee. And it was really bizarre. Like we would, because I work in mergers and acquisitions, we'd have like HR and uh, legal weigh in on an acquisition. And frankly, those two things really have nothing to do with the performance of a company, right? Um, those are things you have to worry about later on, but you know, here comes like all these different perspectives, right? Like, well, maybe we shouldn't do it for this reason. Maybe we should, you know, and unfortunately it just, it's very distracting when you do decision by committee. Um, there's people in there that have their own agendas. There's people in there, like he said, that don't play the game that maybe think about it this way. W what makes more sense? The fact that they don't want to do a pity system or they want to do some Mr. Tam's ideas or the fact that somebody out there just doesn't play the game, doesn't understand it, doesn't know it, and keeps voting to not do it because they think they're going to make more money. I mean, for me, the latter would, uh, would, would, would be, you know, kind of the easier option, the easier way to put it all together. But um, I think that's a lot of why you see, you know, in general, just not as much stuff happen with Raid that we would really like to see is the decision by committee factor and uh, people on that committee don't play the game. And I don't know the percentage of people that do play it versus people that don't. Um, based off that one conversation I had, and the guy was kind of venting to me a little bit, it felt like, you know, it was really hard to get something through that committee that made sense. And this was after yeah. the acquisition um, by uh, Aristocrat Gaming. I believe it. Anytime you get, like, I that's part of the reason why I left the industry I was in is because you sit there and you're trying to create something. And as a programmer on hostile territory at the client site trying to build a front end piece that matches their specs and then you have some cto who understands technology in general but doesn't understand your you, what you're doing at all but he has to offer input because he thinks he's important enough to offer input and it's like no what you're doing is you're causing me to spend more time here than i need talking about frivolous shit that doesn't have to do with anything because you think you know better and you don't. And that's what I bet you. I mean, it happens with every every game has the has the best gamer at heart. Every game, 99% of them are built by a group of people who said, fuck what that guy did. We're going to do this right. And then they do it right. And then the, a giant notices it and they take over and it just becomes the same thing the, they left the last company for. I mean, in AAA titles, look at it all the time, right? You have Bioware bought out by ea you had blizzard bought out you had you know the, all these all these companies that we remember 20 years ago 10 years ago five years ago that did everything right now suddenly are not and it's because they were you know the people that had the great ideas bless them got paid millions of dollars to sell the company off and that's i mean that's the dream when you're building a business you either want to be the best or make a ton of money getting there so um 
it's and and most financial things have a financial impact and they don't see from a gaming perspective i don't know how because it makes sense like in any other industry you know think of the cattle industry why do you think uh you know uh kobe beef is worth way more it probably costs a ton more to produce yeah but they know by creating that quality by creating that vision by creating that 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 people are willing to spend more and and the longevity of their product has, has stood the test of time but somehow in in gaming they've forgotten that uh it's not just how much money you can grab quickly it's it's staying power how much money can you make at the end that's what i want to know tell me the time frame and tell me how much money i can make and if it makes sense let's do it yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes me think of something that I bring up pretty often, which is the story of um, Konami and Metal Gear Solid, if anybody is familiar with the company and the game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is a beloved franchise. It has been so for, for decades. Until the day Konami decided to... Um, the, the management at Konami was changed. I think the, the VP was, uh, was um, changed, replaced at some point. And uh, they ended up falling off with uh, their star, the Hideo Kojima, basically the arguably the Steven Spielberg of video games, and transforming mm. that game into a microtransactions-ridden empty shell of a, of a thing for the sequel. Now, five years after the last game, the last title of the game, nobody talks about Metal Gear, and nobody's interested in hearing anything about Metal Gear coming from Konami. That game was racking millions in sales. And in new versions and in what whatever you could go, you could have some a kind of what we call predatory uh, habits in issuing games like Capcom. It would uh, issue a Street Fighter, then twenty versions of the same game, but people would still buy it as long as you have the interests games, uh, get the gamers' interests at heart. So profit and quality can go hand in hand, but it kind of seems like a, a trend recently in plenty of big name companies. Uh, sacrificing the player experience towards uh, monetization. Well, actually, so there, I need to find it, and frankly, I should do a video on it. There's an amazing, amazing, amazing infographic out there right now, and it shows. Help me out here, guys. You know more about video games than I do, but it's, uh... you can maybe uh, sorry, you can maybe ask um, uh, Alka to to look it up. Okay, it's you, uh, it, it's whoever acquired Nintendo, but it shows the Mario franchise against a Gacha game. And its earnings, uh, right, like current day, right? And what's amazing is you got to think Mario's been around for what thirty years. I'm thirty five. I played Mario when I was probably five, so at least thirty years, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, and I don't remember the name of the gacha game that uh, Nintendo has or the company that acquired Nintendo has off the top of my head. Maybe somebody does in chat that can mention it. But it's I saw a an Korean one. That that actually is extremely helpful, Matt Capper. Thank you. It's a Korean one, guys. That's uh, just Google that, and it'll all pop right You're up in, in full detail. <laughs> but you know what? What shocked me was the the amount of earnings compared to an entire franchise of Mario. It was like four to five times as much annual earnings for this one gacha game, a single gacha game, compared to the entire franchise of Mario. Wow, that's shocking. It really is when you think about it. A thirty-year franchise where they have probably at least you know, two game releases a year, I'm assuming here, and, uh, you know, probably 30 active titles for Mario, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. It, but, uh, it seems like we don't hold them to the same standard as a AAA title. Like, 
if you look at cyberpunk and rightfully so the ire they got for releasing early and creating buggy and this that they they're a single purchase right eighty dollars and then you're done or fifty dollars depending where you're and you're done but how many buggy stupid things have there been in all of these games that we still spend thousands of dollars on hundreds i mean from hundreds to tens of thousands depending on your 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 buy-in but uh we some somehow we allow it we we just I don't get it. I don't get why we're not holding these companies to the same standard as we do. I mean, they got lambated. We were talking about this yesterday. Madden slash FIFA. Those are the two EA sports mm-hmm. that they have. A huge loot box. That created the whole... Congress did a committee on loot boxes and everything. It was based on those two. Europe, FIFA, and North America. Madden. And Madden... The sales of the game was one like one one hundredth of the total revenue of the game. Can you imagine wow. an eighty dollar title? But it was the eight hundred million they made every year off of loot boxes, and that doesn't even have the same. It's not a gacha game. It's it's just it's just buying foil packs. It's like opening up uh, OPG cards or upper deck cards, right? And Is then creating the one a that team out of it. Regulation in Canada. Yes. In Canada? Okay. Yes, it was originally for. I mean, it wasn't just them, but they were the ones that created the whole thing because of how much money, and um, they were. I mean, look at all the stuff they did, and yet the same thing's happening every day in these games, and no one's blinking an eye. Like, there's no no congressman's going. Raid Shadow Legends has to stop, right? They, it's yeah, it's I'm crazy not- how we let them get away with it. I, I actually I, I love your point here, Matt, Matt Kaffer, Actually, because it's uh, the thing that we're not holding mobile games to the same standard as AAA is is now an antiquated point of view. Because at some point, mobile games were just that. Uh, back in the day of uh, n- n- the old Nokia's, where you were playing Snake on your phone, yeah, those were mobile games. Then slowly and uh, and surely they evolved towards a more monetization-oriented model with uh, the advent of smartphones and uh, apps on Facebook and so on. But now, plenty of mobile games have um, are of a much better quality and of a much better scale than games that were AAA less than maybe five or six years ago. So, uh, what, what maybe my point, I don't know if anybody else agrees with me, is, all right, I, I don't want to cut in on their profits or have them make sacrifices or anything towards their, their bottom line, but you can still preserve your bottom line and even maximize it while throwing us a few quality of life bones. I'm just talking about quality of life when we're playing the game. If, if we're talking specifically about Raid, and there's a huge list of things that can be improved. So why is it so hard for them to... Uh, I mean, and Kizu, you mentioned the fact that the committee decisions are made by people who are often clueless about the game, but even even if you have 10 people who are clueless and one out of them who who's, who plays the game actively, they could be vocal enough to let some things through. I, my, my, the thing that I can't wrap my mind around is why can't they just make our lives a little bit easier playing this game? Because it's, it's not going to profit them money. That's well, a simple matter. answer. <laughs> it, 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 it is, but I think maybe the simpler answer is ignorance, right? Like, have you guys ever seen the movie oh, yes. Moneyball? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you ever watch Moneyball, like, essentially, this is a guy that changes the way, you know, yeah. baseball Draft teams it. are drafted. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way these people were drafting players was bizarre, anecdotal, antiquated. Like, they weren't actually looking at stats. They were like, oh, well, this guy, you know, his, his dad passed away when he was a teenager, so... You know, he's not going to be masculine enough. Like, just weird nonsense to, to draft baseball players in the teams. 
and this guy shows up and tries to change things. I kind of picture the committee at Plarium like that that group of old timers in Moneyball kind of sitting around going, well, guys, we can't give them anything because if you give them something, they're going to quit spending. Like I really, it, it almost has to be that way, right? Because there's little things like small changes, you know, and one thing that I heard a long time ago and maybe um, Bessemer can, can comment on a little bit. I don't know if he has, has access to it or seen it, but I was told a long time ago by one of the creative directors that the game was built on uh, like very old hardware and essentially the game itself like couldn't handle a lot of changes and barely functioned as it stood because it was never meant to be this big. Um, I, I don't know how true I, that I, is, the the version I know and that I I've actually heard from different sources is that the game was developed from a different uh, development company. So w when they sold the code, basically they the new company that bought it, Plarium, uh, did not scale it according to the new let's say uh, to, to the new market target, the new target that they were going to release and sell it or. Because it was meant to be like it was meant to have a lower uh, player base in terms of number, a smaller one. So basically, they did not scale. And technically, it everything can be done. Like in IT, everything everything can be done and fixed. It just requires like a lot of refactoring, recoding, and the way I see now is that they are doing uh, improvements on the code itself not on the infrastructure on the hardware infrastructure so they are they are not scaling parallelly but i don't have the i don't have access to any of the detailed information technical information but it's just a gut feeling from what i see from the from outside i know by a fact that they when they sold the game or not by a fact but i know from different sources they did not uh, uh, the, the new development company did not uh, scale the game properly, and you can feel it. I I think I know why. And uh, if you look, you know, it, if you make a large acquisition, I think this one was five hundred million dollars, right? Um, it's extremely difficult to to attach a large capital budget to that, right? If you spend five hundred million dollars, the uh, acquisition almost has to perform on its own. It's very difficult to say we're going to spend $500 million. And by the way, we're going to spend another 50 to just make sure that 500 million does what it's supposed to do. Right. And the way you do that is actually called Correct, the base case. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And in and, and MA, I can tell you the base case usually gets pushed through, which is buying the company for 500 million. The upside, it can, but it rarely does. But usually it gets shut down. That actually happened here. Right. If you look in some of the, uh, the annual reports from Aristocrat, they do talk about. I think it was a $50 million budget in addition to the $500 million acquisition. But they very clearly stated at that point in time that that was so that they could have better analytics on the internal performance yeah. of the company. So I think they were distracted. Instead of focusing on scaling the business, right, they were more focused on micromanaging Plarium, which I can't blame them for that. <laughs> right. Like historically, we have seen that they are the majority of their investments. Uh, well, from they go in in marketing and acquiring new players instead of retention or, uh, like we say, performance scaling yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that move was in line with this policy and with uh, this habit. But yeah, uh, that fifty mil budget they had stated by the time I think it, the majority went, like you said, into building. BI business intelligence tools, or like uh, getting more uh, more data points and just more 
analytics on on how they could monetize the the best um their new product right so they did not think too long on how to make it stable in the long run and that, that's actually you know, yeah go yeah. ahead go ahead Kizzle. so to be fair though right this company aristocrat they are not a company that's extremely experienced in acquisitions right they had done i think two that year but if you look at the historical acquisitions they were really a slot machine company that was frankly failing um i believe they issued a bond series and this so you guys know you you can have publicly traded shares in a company you can also have uh, publicly issued bonds right they're they're similar but different but i believe they issued a bond series to get funding to diversify the business so that they wouldn't go bankrupt um that's what i had read a long time ago and then essentially that motivated them to buy i think big fish and plarium right and if you look i think big fish has since had like a 40 percent staff layoff so i think plarium was the only one that actually succeeded there um, but since they didn't have that kind of experience, you know, I think they, uh, you know, certainly knowing how to scale the business, knowing how to manage the business, knowing how to integrate it. I think these are all areas that have failed, you know, for them. Yeah. And, and especially thinking about Plarium being, being a, a slot company. Um, I don't know if you've seen a, a few of the videos that were released. I don't remember the name of the YouTuber. Um, the guy that was talking about raid garbage legends, raid casino legends, and then raid. Uh, yeah, I've watched that visit. Hilarious. <laughs> well, he was going a little bit too hard. He's just uh, basically there. Are lots of things can be argued to defend Plarium, strangely enough, uh, from what he's saying. But he he does make a lot of points. So speaking about Aristocrat itself, he says that the the CEO of Aristocrat is currently the president of the American um, Mob Gaming Association or something like that. So, and he's been making some strong points towards uh, increasing monetization of his game as opposed to, to anything else. Uh, my, my, my point is, if you look at all the other games of, that Plarium has put out, none of them comes close to Raid. And I think that since they started with this strategy of, uh, of pushing out uh, new player acquisition, pushing out uh, their, their advertisement uh, on YouTubers of all sizes and uh, of all styles, uh, since the model seems to work, they're in a kind of, uh, if it's broken, don't fix it mentality. They say that we should continue doing exactly what we've been doing to reach this, uh, this, this level we are in. And if we change anything, the whole thing might crumble, which is l ludicrous in this day and age. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Look, the, well, honestly, what's going right now, like, sorry, Matt Capper. No, uh, what is, what's going right now for them what they see is correct is basically advertise for the game, get new players, let them play. If they didn't like the game, they didn't like the game. They spend some money, we'll take it and go, right? But that is not how this game should be. No. And like you want the long-term player. You don't want like the person who's just going to play for five minutes and just leaves. Okay. He's going to spend 10 bucks and leaves basically. Instead, why don't you just like fix your issues? Have someone that's going to stay for like years, like most of us, spending money on the game on the long term. They didn't think long term. No, they thought short term, basically. Uh, the short answer is because it's easier. Like, uh, you it just spend money on ads and you get new players. While fixing the game is high, high risk because you can break more than you fix when you go into like uh, performance scaling and uh, infrastructure scaling. You can you can break things, uh, and it's actually easy to break things and difficult to fix uh, to, to roll back mistakes. 
so it's easier to throw money into ads into uh, player acquisition and from i mean from a company point of view it's a policy that works like for them it has worked i guess they are making shit ton of money out of that as a play as players we can't like it we don't like it we can't agree with it but i also have to give credit to the fact that they're it is working for them they do rotate like it isn't sustainable in the long run like you say mr tam is yeah. like at some point the market will be saturated like everyone will know that this game is, is is this way they don't give a shit about the game so they will get the ad they will skip it okay so like every day less players will will eat the bait okay but so at some point the market will be saturated but until they reach that point they will just keep throwing money on ads and that's just their policy I mean, well, yeah, but we can't do much. You got to consider, like, again, this is a company that has a casino. A casino isn't made to create uh, loyalty. I mean, it has the loyalty programs. It has that piece. But really, the money is not made from the one whale spending a million. Money's made from the tens of thousands of people that do a weekend. Exactly. Vegas, exactly. Go to MGM, spend, and they may, they'll spend more than they should. But then they know that, oh, I won't be back here again, right? The person who goes into the casino daily goes in with their $200 paycheck, and that's all they're getting is $200 a day. That's, and, and I think this is the same, same mindset. Uh, and unfortunately, it is, I think it is near, you know, very nearsighted, very failing. But there's nothing, everyone for two years, and I remember, hey, kids, when you were streaming, you said, like, this game doesn't have the staying power. But they... They proved you wrong. Uh, and it's because nothing else has come out that has been able to challenge it in its, in its, on the positives of the game. And I would think that over two years, someone has to be out there and say, okay, we figured out what they're doing. We figured out where the problems lie from their base. Let's make something better. Uh, you know, and yet no one has. So, you know, we can talk about Ashes of Creation, but it was supposed to be uh, every game before that that has come out was supposed to take this game down, and and none of them have. Even Seven Deadly Sins, I played it for a while, it was fun, but I still have found myself back to Raid because I, I found overall I, I like the style of Raid better. It's just unfortunate that they all these little things that they do add up to a, a very unfortunate gameplay. Yeah, so, so th this might be uh, against character, but let's just to break a little bit out of the, the dark mood. So you, you mentioned that no other game does what Raid does better, uh, Matt Kappa. So mm -hmm. what, what do we really like about Raid? What makes us come back to it today, us who've been playing for God oh. knows how many hours? <laughs> I mean, I mean, part of it is because they've made it so hard to do certain, to be able to do certain things, when you are able to do that, it's that sense of accomplishment. I mean, when you pull your first Duchess or your Trunda, when you first make it to Platinum, it's impossible to make it to Platinum without spending a lot of money and having a lot of luck. But then the flip side of that is when you do, you're like, oh, yeah, I just made it to Platinum. I'm like... The dopamine, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's... The graphics are definitely a big part of it. I think uh, me not leaving for most of these games has to do with the graphic... Uh, the, their art team needs to get annual rewards, awards. Like, they should be getting yeah. the bonus of the whole team. Yeah. Um, just the look of the champions that come out, even the bad champions. Like, Pixel is one of the best-looking champions I've ever seen. It's too bad she's awful. But uh, it made a whole bunch of people build her, right? It, uh, Fuser, or I don't know if she was Fuser Frag. I can't remember anymore. But uh, I think that's... 
<laughs> and and every game that's come out since has been pushed towards anime style, and I think it's the mindset that well, the the Asian in my in my mind, this is what they're saying. Maybe I'm wrong. This is there's no data behind this, but uh, you know, hey, the 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 Pan Asian market is the money, right? You've got China, you've got South Korea plays these games. The crazy dollars that they spend in Russia, mm-hmm. and and they seem to like these anime games better. So we're going to keep making games that are that anime centric. But the reality is, raids not anime centric. It's more Arthurian type, you know, design, and it and it's crushing it. I mean, it's it's holding pretty strong for not, especially for not having an attached license. Like Star Wars does really well because it's Star Wars, right? So. You know, even though you know they have the license for all these cool characters that everyone loves, and same with Marvel, it has these. This game doesn't have any of that. It, it, all of its lore is made up or slash stolen, and yet it's still it's still doing very well. Yeah, so so the lore is 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 basically made up or stolen. The graphics are good. Then nobody can argue against that. But is there anything really original that Raid brought to the table as far as its mechanics or its structure? Now that I'm trying to think about it. Uh, I, I can hardly think of any uh, original feature in this game. Well, no, there, there's plenty of original features. It's just, you know, you, you, please, you, count you, me, you, please. you're looking for, for a good original feature. Hell, that, that pity system you just described, that is the only one of its kind. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Where you pity yourself by the time you hit it, you, you know, like, go into I like, depression. I like to call the it the pitiful new- system. Yeah, the new arena, you know, with three different teams, that's a new thing because it's so dumb. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and that's where they really fail categorically. Like, if you look at Dragon 20, every single game has a dragon that gives you speed gear, right? That's actually where they succeeded was following the, uh, you know, kind of the, the precedent set by other gacha games, you know. Where I think they failed miserably was trying to do things original. You know, you yeah. look at kits what? like... I played Galaxy Heroes. One of our biggest complaints when I played Galaxy Heroes was like Darth Revan's kit had abilities that were like two paragraphs long. And you'd be kind of sitting there going, dude, I, I think I get it. I think I get it. You know, but it, and frankly, that game actually, most of that stuff worked out pretty well. Here you'll see a paragraph long ability and kind of go, okay, so I guess she kind of dispels. You know, yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny because you like you're just like I'll just go with Trenda where it says it hits hard. I like that one better. I like that <laughs> saying better. You know, but it, if they just copied a little bit more of what's out there, I think they'd be a lot more successful. I think when they're original, they they they, they fail. But I would say what keeps me coming back to the game, it's certainly not the game. It's definitely the community. Um, you know the. Uh, I don't know. You know, this is something I haven't thought of. I think a buddy of mine used to tell me a lot that he felt like Raid was where all the ex-WoW players went that wanted to play mobile, right? And I think that's probably a fair statement. I, we could do an internal poll to see people here played WoW. But when you talk about, like, the Pan-Asian, you know, uh, market, you know, it's... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm playing Epic 7 right now. That's mostly a game that's that's large in, in you know, in Asia. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, the players are, I don't know, the player base is different. It's not, it's not like you're playing an MMO and you're around a really good community of people and everybody's like, you know, kind of hanging out, helping each other. It, that's not the feeling at all. And it's not to say that they're not nice and helpful. It's just different, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I that think makes you know, perfect sense. Yeah. You know, like a good example would be like, I, I, Maybe it's just me, but like I cannot. We actually refer to the the Twitch 
nomenclature or lexicon or language on E7 as like the meta. It changes every day, right? I never understand what these kids are talking about. I really don't between the emotes and, you know, their acronyms. But, you know, I think that's also a use side to it. I think Clarium or, you know, Raid actually is a lot of us that are probably like late 20s, early 30s, grew up playing video games, played, you know, WoW, came over, wanna, maybe we're making a little bit more money now. You know, we're able to uh, be a little bit more pay to win than we've been in the past. And then we get into a community and the community is really helpful and friendly and, you know, there's all kind of stuff out there to help you grow within the game. So then you kind of feel like, you know, like Matt Capper said, progress. Maybe not because you're old Siffy, but because maybe you went and, you know, talked to your guild or looked at, you know, all the different websites that are out there, or content out there to help you get past the level you can't beat. And then you get those little dopamine hits. There is this, you know, uh, aesthetic of progress in this game, right? Where it fails is when you start to get really successful. Because then you start going, what do I do next in this game? I don't have Sifia. I can't be a Platinum Arena player. I don't have, uh, you know, now there's a thing that makes the game times faster. So I can't compete for the fastest Dragon time. You know, <laughs> at that point, yeah. you're just kind of hanging out with your buddies and trying to roll the unit that lets you go do the next thing, you know? Yeah, and I feel like that's where a lot of us have hit. Like we've always said in the past, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm not spending anymore. I'm not spending anymore. But that's the, yeah. that's the ad, that's the addict's response. But this time, it does feel like it between clan versus clan. Which notice how they their their fix is to take out the only non-true pay-to-win feature of clan versus clan, which was mystery shards. Thanks for fixing that epidemic, but not the fact that you can just buy a hundred Lego books. Have your five pixels booked, and you just won the game for your clan. But uh, I, I, you know, I think you're onto something because WoW. Like I played Dark Age Camelot. I wasn't a WoW guy. I played it, but not of any note. But that there's that <laughs> community that you build within it, and I got to say, the community built here was in spite of Plarium. I don't know how we we managed to create this community because the in-game chat is a place that you can go yeet. That's the only time I've ever actually used it. Yeah, I've never, I've never read it. When I started the game, Channel Nine, shout out to Channel Nine, they were good people. I used it twice. Well, thank you guys. Um, and you got two good responses and one troll, and so you just kind of took consensus and hoped you were right. Um, yeah, it's raid, raid created or we created. And I, when I say we, I should say you created because Kizzle was one of the one of the OGs, right? We, we back in the day when you had Darth. Uh, Brad and 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 Kizzle basically running the show, and then um, yeah, it, it, it thanks thanks for costing me ten thousand dollars, Kizzle. <laughs> I mean, you know, in in my defense, I I rage quit the game over it costing too much money and being stupid like twenty times, and <laughs> I get asked all the time, like you know, like, like I I don't want to guess how much money Hell Hayes makes, and we're all still really good friends, right? We all yeah, exactly. Are. How do you quit the game? Yeah, you either rage quit or you go completely bankrupt, and you just can't afford That's logging in again. <laughs> I, I never went bankrupt. Uh, Money-wise, I never even spent... Uh, no, I mean, uh, talking about game. budget, you are supposed to put in a game. Like you, I guess you define the budget and you say, okay, this month oh, I can for... spend up to this. And then you break that and you break that and you break that and you say, okay, I can't sustain it. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a common way to rage quit. You know, um, I, I think another way to rage quit is, you know, it's a tough one. I, I think there's a lot of maybe micro ways to rage quit. It's always going to be over not getting a champion, not accomplishing something something not going your way. Maybe it's just real life stuff impacted the game that day. Unfortunately, 
then you start to go, well, fortunately slash unfortunately you start to go, man, I wonder what my guys are up to. You know, I wonder what Matt Capper is doing. Let me go check in on him. You watch Matt Capper play. Matt Capper has been in my chat for like years, bro. Like I'll go watch him play sometimes. I won't even say anything. And I'll be like, man, I'm going to start. I'm going to see what's going on with Raid. Then you get on and they got a, uh, an offer and you're like, oh, it's XC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how they get you though, you know? It's not because you're like, oh my God, I want that unit so bad. I've been dying to get it. You're like, you know, you go and you talk to your buddies a little bit. They're also playing raid, and it's just like, wow, dude, I did the same shit playing WoW. I jump on all my all. I was in death and taxes. All of our all of us were on each other's Facebooks. We'd all quit, and you know, then somebody posts something on Facebook. You'd be like, man, I wonder what you're up to. You DM them, like, yeah, I'm still playing. You'd be like, you still raiding? You still doing arena? Yeah, like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on tonight. You know, then you get on, and you know. Three months later, you rage quit, and then the process repeats itself. You know, you just wait for the next battle pass to come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep waiting. That's a good way to not come back. There's yeah. another technical specifications won't allow him to bring the raid pass back. What? Yeah. What technical specification? I want to know yeah. that. The, the community decisions again and speaking of, of players uh quitting and uh the, the reason why we're staying here the community definitely is is the number one reason and community which which has grown and developed to where it is in spite of plarium i would say not thanks to them they mm -hmm. they kind of planted the seeds uh when uh, they uh, helped a little bit a few of the content creators get interested in the game but even that their content creator programs i don't think it's it's a, it's a good thing at all um, but uh, speaking of people quitting the game, we've had an influx of uh, uh, really end-end game players and top players quitting the game completely overnight uh, because of some of the things that happened in game. Because just to bring back the talk to uh, to to CVC and stuff that's been happening, because we had we had compiled a whole list of all the Plarium fuck ups. Uh, excuse me, the term over these past two years. One of them, one of the most recent, is Clan versus Clan. So. Fizzle, there is a clan versus clan feature in the game. Were you aware? No, I, I did it the other day, and I was just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I was like, are y'all fucking kidding me right now? Like, this is just a whale contest. You're like, this is the worst whale contest because yes. that takes advantage of the community because now you don't want to let your buddies down, you know, and all you have to do is spend a little bit more money, and then, you know, you're back in the lead again, and then the other team goes through the same thing. It's bizarre, dude. Like, you know, a clan, you shouldn't call it clan versus can't clan, first of all. Because that sort of like indicates that, okay, I'm going to put together some teams, fight another clan. We're going to have a lot of fun together, strategize. That would be great for this game, by the way. Um, instead, it's a whale contest. And there's nothing... Uh, I mentioned it in a video a long time ago. There's not a lot of hard content added to this game, right? Like, I, I haven't seen something in the game where I said, oh, that's something brand... You know, the uh, whatever it is, the, the Void Tower, yes. That might be the only one. But okay, here's new bosses, new levels, new stuff. You know, I love Doom Tower when they introduced it. The first month was pretty dope. Do you guys remember the hype on the community? Everyone oh, yeah. was trying oh, to yeah. make records. Yeah, everyone, everyone was trying to break these leaderboards. Everyone was trying weird comps, and it was fun. But then it yeah. died pretty quick. We had a lot of fun back and forth with Saffron right on his channel. Actually, when trying to uh, get the fastest times on the levels, and uh, yeah, as you said, so. For uh, and speaking of CVC specifically, and the reason why it's uh, such a whale fest today, 
Uh, I'd like to, to, to ask, well, well, a few of you, maybe Mr. Tam. So do you go for CVC? What's your opinion on the reaction artifacts? Because that's the main carrot that's uh, okay. making people feel obliged to do that mode. Okay, look. So Arena was competitive in this game, right? Yeah. Now Arena is based on RNG. Like when you make your only PvP in the game, not based on only just like what characters you have, right? What strategy are you using? What gear are you using? But also you put it on freaking RNG that you need to have a ring that will actually have a chance to reduce the crit hit to a normal hit and swift parry gear besides that like that's why i'm saying rng because there's a chance to proc unkillable it's just like horrendous honestly like this changed the arena completely the reaction gear the reaction accessories okay like i re remember saffron man was saying oh this is was a nerf for my ethos basically yeah. because ethos have an ability that will always crit right not when anymore. You, yeah, not anymore. Like, you just ruined it with these rea reaction gear, in my opinion. Okay, limit those to PvE. Limit it to PvE somehow. I don't think it's possible. Oh, because no, they did this it's not, it's not easy for them. I mean, they did it intentional. They did it like, oh. okay, we're gonna put a Clan v Clan, okay? So people actually will wail, we'll give him an incentive, we'll give him, like, accessories that they only can get from Clan v Clan, so they actually do it. Stuff that will make crit hit go to a normal hit. It just, like, kills the whole thing. And no one likes it, but you have exactly. to do it. Because you, you know you, if you're in Platinum, you, they have to do it. Yeah. Yes. Very true. That's why I'm hating on it. That's why I'm saying, like, it just, like, become a big whale fest. Making the arena, like, based on RNG or based on, like, okay, if I, did, if I crit, I win. If I did, oh, shit, no, I didn't crit. Damn it, I lose. Like, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, we know Arena was used to, like, okay, one-shot the team and go. But now, actually, even without the reaction accessories, with only Swift Barry, and there are some teams you can actually not one-shot anymore. Because of some certain champions like Nekrit, like Ursuga, Warcaller. Like, meta changes in Arena. And that's what actually made it fun. Um, uh, here... An example of, of, I'm sorry to interrupt you, just an example of uh, an arena system that uh, I saw that I liked. It's not the best, but it's just one of the systems that I saw in Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, uh, War of the Visions. I haven't, been play I haven't played it in a while, but when I played it, there was a system where you were pitted each day against a rival clan. Uh, your members would fight their members in a sequence of battles, then your points will be counted. And at the end of the season, which can last uh, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, the plans are the, the points are counted, and then you get rewards based on your performance. Uh, regardless of the game system or how it's based, just the, the fact that the performance is what counts, not just what happens during the last 15 minutes of reset, is a big thing mm -hmm. here. Because with reaction artifacts, with the Swift Barry, if it wasn't just those last 15 minutes, stall thing, stall teams would not be a thing at all. Exactly. We, you can't find a way around any stall team in this game. But it will just take you longer to defeat it versus a, a defense that does not have those those strange artifacts on. I think the problem is the the structure of of competitive arena itself. 
basically, and as well as the, the, the artifacts and the RNG, but the structure itself is messed up. Basically, but, like, as I said, it's like a big whale fest. But they got you. It's they gotcha, did it. I understand. They know. No, I don't mean gotcha. I mean they got you. They got uh, yeah. everyone yeah, in they those did. top. They said, "Hey, how do we make clan versus clan spending? Well, let's make an artifact that everyone hates but knows they have to have, and then let's make the most points on something that we sell." They do. They even they changed the name. Funny enough, but originally the pop up with all the books on it. Remember that it was like yep. the clan versus clan pack. It was like a, here's your pay to win pack. Yeah. They they got them. They got you. They they were smarter than us. And they were actually. You know, you know how to break this. You know how to fix this. As if the top one hundred clans would say no, but they won't. You think you can talk mad, tau, um, immortal elite, all the those top the top one hundred, whatever whoever they are, to say no. Nah, you know what? We're not going to do this. We're not going to spend a dime on clan versus clan. We're not going to play into this whole reaction ship. But they don't because their need and desire and ego to win far exceeds the reality that this is breaking the game. So, I mean, Plarium created the perfect system to make money. I, It's like evil genius. They're the ones who should be on the podcast. They're the, they're the dark, they're evil geniuses. They got yeah. all this money from us. I, I say us, I did. I haven't spent a ton on clan versus clan because my clan doesn't, you know, I'm in uh, Chofly Elite. We're a top, we're 21, I think. And yet we'd, we've only won once because we refuse to spend and do 17 million, 18 million points. But uh, the top 10, hey, if you don't want to be in arena, then don't participate. Otherwise, jump in. They, they, they got you. Like, good job. They did. They did. Definitely. Like, but still, like, the only com competitive part in this game right now is the arena, right? That's the only PvP we have. 3v3 is just a big, fat joke. Okay? Like, arena, even Bezka, no. Like, every, like, I'm actually starting to lose interest in even pushing every week. Like, yeah, I do agree. It, I, I, yeah, it's, it's the same for me. Last week, it was not fun at all. It's changing. And the way they actually put it to gain these accessories, do you know to get the banner? To get the banner, you need actually a 7 million gap between you and yeah. the other clan? I know because we got the banners with my clan, the last uh, CVC, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give you two minutes of this. Uh, we got matched against Cthulhu clan, who basically decided to sit out and their clan leader, uh, when he saw that he they got matched against my clan, I'm running a clan you, you guys know, he contacted me on Discord. He DM'd me on Discord and he said, hey, Bess, here's the thing. We got matched against you, but we have decided to sit out. We don't want to feed uh, this shit show from Plarium. We, sorry for the term. We don't want to like uh, support this uh, game mode or this uh, whale show they have being putting out so we are sitting this out and that means we're we'll be doing only dailies or the minimum the bare minimum still listen we had to push believe it or not like my yes. clan had to push we had to go 7.4 mil ish i think to get the banners they did nothing i they did literally the bare minimum i think the highest points in their clan we were talking about tier six here guys so it's the highest tier the highest in points in their clan was 200k I did 500 plus myself. We had at least 10 guys in my clan who had to do 500k plus. Nothing super crazy, but it's a push, okay? It's using resources. It's using gems to refresh the triple three. It's using your shards, your books, whatever you had. And we got the banners. But it was stressful. It was stressful. It was painful. Even though the other clan did sit out. So imagine if there was a real competition. 
there is no yeah. there is no chance to get the banners if, if the other clan is barely active there is no chance yeah. to get the banners I, the system I, points they have designed the way they have designed is just a horse shit sorry for that no it's all right this is the most polite dark podcast ever you can say whatever you want man <laughs> horse shit no i'm i'm a bit pissed with cvc like if this was a big hit other than that i tend to be a bit i mean more polite like, but this is just it gets me when you hear clan v clan the term clan v clan you think actually like okay we're gonna fight not with yes. our fucking wallets but with our against each yeah, other, give me i don't know PvP. give give me i don't know a pvp or a competition on dungeons like make the fastest dragon run with only using this scrub whatever or make there, the fastest or not the fastest make the less churns we yes. make the fight with less churns yes. the way they have done with for whatever for the doom tower which is which is good i mean i like it yeah do something like that which is comp competitive like we, we, which forces you or pushes you into theory theory crafting building something unique something original okay like we can also make as content creators we will have more content to make okay people will be interested into watching our videos into watching our streams while we are building something unique for that competition so they can take inspiration i'm not saying copying they can copy i mean we do content that can be copied so it's, we don't have copyrights on that uh, to inspire people that i mean it, it it would increase and raise the hype so much around the, the whole community and the game that it was, I mean, on paper it is easy, but I, I don't know. I technically, I don't see that so difficult. So, uh, uh, but maybe, yeah. Maybe to, to double down on the, on this topic. So yeah, you, you, um, Mr. Thami mentioned earlier a uh, seven million gap. It's actually at two hundred percent something, two hundred forty percent that you need to make. If the, if the other clan makes hundred points, you need to 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 make two hundred percent, two hundred sixty percent, I think, of that, which is two point thirty four. Thank you. That's even crazier. So, and on top of it's that, there is so the fact much. It's stressful. It's stressful. I do. It is. I do have a small spreadsheet. If you guys want, I can share the link, which can calculate the points you need based yeah, sure, on how many to, points the opponent. You can give it to to Orca. You can give it to Orca, yeah. and he can maybe share it, and we can right. put it in the description. And uh, on top of that, the CVC now happens midweek, and for the past three or four editions, the first ones that it happened, it came with a buttload of fusions. Every week, every other week, you would get a new fusion. The champion would be either somewhat interesting or a must-have. Uh, arguably, Brogni is, is a, one of the most useful champions that they put out here. But the fusion, well, man, it was... It's coming on top of CVC, on top of the stuff that you need to do daily. This game is, 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 like, is, is a pure stress injection. Like, that's the thing. Like, we barely have time to finish everything. Like, playtime is increasing, right? In regard, like... To do your dailies, to do everything, now you have CVC and the fusion to yeah, work on. Yeah. Like, it's very stressful mentally and financially, right? Like, they are basically saying, free to play, you cannot compete anymore. Like, what are we supposed to freaking do? Like, okay, there is a game I used to play. I played it like, I don't remember even the game of the name. I played it for like three weeks or something. Do you know what is their clan war system? It's not like this. There's, like, a series of, like, dungeons, like, bosses, basically, okay? Who, every, like, for three days, who beat the, like, the first amount of bosses, like, the highest amount of bosses in this day, or who finished the bosses, like, I think it was five or six bosses a day, who finishes first wins, basically. You have three days to, ba to basically decide. Like, 
okay, that's that's kind of okay because like we're fighting against a boss against to get a better time than the other clan. Yeah, you can say like it's kind of have like some kind of whale-ish in it because we'll have the better champions, the better whatever will win. Basically. But it's still better than this shit show. But it's all it's all fake too, fam. Like that's a thing, and that's what they've done evilly brilliant is free to you know, we keep talking about well, this isn't free to play friendly. It's not it's not meant to be free to play friendly. And frankly, it's not even spend friendly. There's this there's this mindset that you have to spend to compete, but who's competing? There are what, maybe a thousand people that can make it into plat, maybe ten thousand people that can make it into plat out of millions of players, 99% of the player base will never have a hope. And that's the only thing you can actually pay to win. There's nothing else in this game to win, so how could you possibly pay? But we've made it this mindset that you have to. Clan versus clan is pay to win. Well, if you don't compete at platinum level, the reaction gear is irrelevant to you, so why would you even compete? But we like uh, in our mindset, right? Since Alka is messing around with the CBC, like if you see the opponents' points, basically, let's say opponents have done two point nine three mil, like Alka is uh, is uh, previewing here. In the in every single uh, accessory has a minimum t- target you are supposed to reach. Like okay, opponent has two point nine. This was our last opponent. Let's say the other the other clan does four mil points, or what is the highest milestone? 5.4, right? Yes. Let's say the other clan hits the milestone. Does the bare minimum to hit the milestone. So we can put 5.4, okay? And th- basically, it will show you the targets, how many points do you need to reach the first, second, third, and fourth accessory. The fourth accessory is just mental. It's just mind-blowing. How much is it? 10 mil. Jesus. That's not only not on five point four. That's on four point five. Oh no, yeah, that's no. It's five point four. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you multiply that for two times three three periodical four, it get it gives you like was it twelve million? (laughs) Twelve point six. Jesus, like divided by thirty. How many points each member has to put? That's assuming you have thirty members. I should the have that only on my, way. On my the only way anyone's ever going to get that is if the other team doesn't compete at all, and you you can see yeah. it because in the biggest whale wars ever, it's like eighteen million to seventeen million. Well, guess what? That's the same as seven million to six million. You still only get, you know, you're pushing for that reaction ring. I think that we're scared of that 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 banner, but I think getting banners in this game will be near impossible. I think maybe maybe one or two. Clan, you know, the top clans have gotten a piece, and then it has to land on the right faction, or and then it has to roll properly to be a real use. Although you use it, like I don't like the concept. I'm I'm completely against it, but the only way I see is like trade wins. Yeah, I completely dislike it. Like it's not competition, but uh, hey, at some point you got to deal with. We got to face the fact that uh, either you go and whale against whale, or you decide to somehow protest. Because th- there are there, there are people like like J Bar bless his soul who carries plenty of our clan v clan battles by himself single handedly who enjoy <laughs> booking champions with Lego books and uh, making six stars out of legendaries. But hey, how many people can have that mentality? Because J Bar, if he's if he's doing it, he's doing it because he loves it. It's just something that brings him joy. 
is maybe the only person in that mindset in the world that I know. But it's uh, if he it's, wants uh, to bring that joy to, to my account, I'll give him my login information next to CVC. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> J Bar, J Bar. But the thing is, uh, it forces us to basically uh, exhaust our resources for for something that we don't want to get. But hey, uh, enough maybe on Kranvikland because uh, tons more can be said about it. What about the new changes that are being brought to the game, announced in the new patch? So, uh, for, uh, Alka, if you could bring up maybe the notes, we'll, we'll go through them, we won't read them in detail. But uh, basically what they announced uh, just yesterday is that uh, next week or so, maybe within the next two weeks, we're going to have a new patch, which will finally introduce some much, much needed uh, quality of life changes. One of which being the possibility to um, assign priorities to skills for the AI. So that's a thing that everybody and their dog has been requesting and crying about for the past two years. We're finally getting it. Will it make a difference uh, as far as to the state of the game? Will it change our perception of it? Uh, what, what do you think, guys? Well, I'm anybody not going to wait for Polarium that way. I'm not going to wait for Polarium to fix AIs anymore. God, they take forever. That's the benefit. The only thing that will benefit you is actually make the champion works the way you want it. Because Polarium don't play their game, so they don't know how their champion works. Basically. But this opens also uh, like a series of different mechanics in Arena. I'm thinking of Warlord. Like until now, a Warlord in defense, you still had like a good chance to somehow, uh, let's say, um, work around his because his AI is stupid. Okay, so he could you could yeah. work around on, on Warlord if you do some damage. Uh, he will prioritize his A3, his heal, instead of his uh, uh, CC, like uh, skill luck. So now, with the AI override, Warlord is going to be super uber overpowered. So, not having a Warlord, I'm scared of the new arena, but that's my personal. I don't know your feelings, guys, in chat. I don't see that much rant against Warlord. I'm happy. I have a Warlord. I'm happy. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want him to use his A2. I want him to use his A3. And that's why he should work. He should prioritize. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's, that's how he should yeah, work. But, yeah, but you still can counter the Warlord, like, even if he's, like, in immunity and you don't don't have a you have a Hedgy that will not work, you still can, like, counter him by being faster. Like, you can go Arbiter Lissandra and, you know, like... When the only counter is being faster than you're limiting, actually. You're limiting the, yeah. let's say... Yeah, um, true. The options that we have to attack teams that are yeah. faster than us so speed is going to come back to main meta and the speed meta is counter not countered but it's contradictory with the reaction meta so it's going to be interesting for sure yeah. true like right now the only way to counter reaction is basically to use more damage dealers instead of or one. to go super slow <laughs> and super slow extra like... five to their first new that's the main yeah but honestly it's going to benefit not only arena like dungeons Finally, like those people who want the Robar to use his like, for example, they fixed Robar now. He uses his A3 on the defense down on bosses. But for example, he wasn't, right? Like he wasn't use it at the start of, using it at the start of the fight at all. He wasn't using his defense down. Like you have a defense down and you don't prior it. Okay, now I have to do something else. No, now you can actually use every champion the way you want him, basically. Clown boss reset, like, okay, now I don't have to just, like, 
set anything in clan boss it just will go and auto from the beginning i'm done i will put my rotation and i'm done with it you can prior as far as i know from the pictures you, there are skills that you can make your champions not use it yeah, that's so, nice so, so just to recap what they're going to introduce is that you can have skills that you uh, can assign priorities to so maybe let's say a champion has three skills you could put a skill as priority number one then the other is two and the other are three and so on so that they will use them in sequence if all skills are off cooldown that's one option another option is to disable a skill completely so they will choose to use any other skill that's off cooldown or their a1 and the third option is to have a skill set as opener so that uh, at mm. every occasion the, the champion will open up with it so i do agree that it will kind of change the game as we know it as far as uh, uh pvp and also uh, pve specifically because plenty of champions have potentially lots of utility but they can't work to save their lives their lives on auto which also brings me uh, to the question of auto all right the auto is a huge part of this game today and they're insisting on the fact that they don't want to give us the possibility to skip battles um again Why? Does that touch their revenue in any way if we are able to skip some, no! some of the battles? Is it really um, that detrimental? There's a matrix. There's a metric. Sorry, I had to get my door. The neighbor sure, sure, was dropping off something. You know, it's fine. Just to, to totally go on and off topic. It, it, You know when you're talking to someone and you want to end the conversation, but I don't think saying, hey, I'm on a podcast for a game I've spent thousands of dollars on. Could I please just stop the conversation? Will work for you. So you have to politely nod your head hurriedly through it, and they don't get the social cues. That happened to me. So anyway, um, I think there's, there's an analytic in the game, uh, which is probably proven true, which is why they're doing it, that the longer you spend within a game, the more likely you are to spend money within the game. And I think that's why. I mean... I, I, the game is getting too long, and I think as they add, like my fear is that as they add content, it's going to get even worse. You don't have to, and I've seen this a lot, even in chat, is well, you don't have to do this, but you kind of, if you if you want to, especially like clan versus clan, all these things, you want to do them. They're there. You want it, so speed up the things that are now daily maintenance, and allow the new content. I wouldn't mind ten minute battles in Doom Tower if I knew. The stuff that, you know, the the easy runs in, in places I've already done time and time again, like Clan Boss, mm-hmm. could just auto. Yeah, but I, again, because... data won't tell you that. It's like it's like looking at, and it's funny, we talked about it before, and it kind of revolves into the same thing. There's a group of people that, that have a mindset that say, look, we're making X dollars a day, whatever that is, million dollars a day. Why would we change any? Why would I hear what they're saying? But we're still making a million dollars a day. What if that makes us five hundred thousand? Now they don't think. What if it makes us one point five million? That would be, uh, that would be a maybe. What they know is they're making a million today, and they don't want to change it. And that's the answer to ninety percent of our, our queries. Is is, you know, they don't, they don't want to change it because they're making a million dollars a day. If they start making five hundred thousand a day, they'll make a change. So. Right? You're totally right. This one, I think, is actually... I know the answer to this one. And uh, I've mentioned it before. You might remember what I what I used to say about a Mad Capper, but Raid was one of the first games to do this. Most games, you know, you, you work your ass off completing, you know, Dragon 25, and then you have a, you know, a slider and, you know, uh, tokens to, you know, auto it. That's typically how gacha yeah. games work, right? 
so raid was the first game i had ever played personally that did it like this now i know summoner's war does it like this and uh you know epic seven does too so it's not the only one right the reason why is the amount of time i've heard this directly from a, a marketing director at Plarium, the amount of time a person averages on the game right and they have that metadata at google and at apple right the amount of time that person um spends on the game directly affects the uh, multiple that they charge a company to advertise so if your mm. gross amount of time spent per day per player is 10 hours you can get ads cheaper than for a game that has you know the amount of time spent per day at five hours uh, there you go so so they just want to tie that uh big old ball and chain to our feet and mm -hmm. uh keep us in front of the screens as long as they can basically I mean, Playroom is a marketing company. You know, I, 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 I think at, at some point I, I do want to come back and do a, a, a video on the fact that it's actually just a marketing company that, you know, has a game that kind of sucks, you know, that, you know, if they put any effort to it, it actually would be pretty good. But they're a marketing company with a great graphic design team. That's really yeah. it. Think about it. I think it sums it up. Uh, it, it makes all the sense in the world because... Uh, whenever you, we, we, and we, it, it happened earlier when we asked what brings us to the game, most of the answers in the chat were graphics. <laughs> People were talking about graphics and design of champions. So, yeah, they're basically a graphic company with a good design team, a good um, artistic design team uh, who happen to have a game. Bad candy with amazing wrapping. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, well, I think I think we're on. They they make so many stumbles. I think we're on. We unfairly mention this game does have a lot going for it. It is very good. I find it. I find it enjoyable. I find building champs enjoyable. I find ways of trying to put them into current content. I find all that enjoyable. And I think the fact that I do find it so enjoyable is why I get so so worked up about the little things that they do so so completely transparently either wrong or or at the very least with a a mindset of just money rather than playability and um you know a lot of people say you know they're in chat they even say you know oh it's just a a wine fest but it's because we're passionate we love playing this game we love the community we're playing it with and it's frustrating when you've got these clan versus clan would be simple You've got what twelve categories, a point for each category, and then make your if you want to still add reaction gear to the game, fine. Make each one of those uh, random. So if you if you're one point ahead, you get one piece. If you're two points ahead, you get two, and so on and so forth. And then no matter all the whale you can, that's only one category. And I think overall it would be a much easier, um, more enjoyable thing for everyone. It would make a more level playing field. But they don't they don't want to, and that's the frustration. And if I didn't, if I didn't care about the game, if I didn't love what I was doing with everything else, I would just leave and go play Epic Seven with Kiz. No, that's not true. I can't stand their graphics for some reason, but I'd go play Seven Deadly Sins again, right? Yeah, so that's kind of my actually, perspective. It's, it's, it is uh, a bunch of whining from a from a bunch of whales. This game is true, <laughs> but well, uh, in case you didn't notice, this is called Dark Podcast. So we are here to. Exercise yeah. <laughs> every single frustration we have on this game because could you yeah could you imagine a podcast where we all just said Plarium's amazing everyone would be in chat going oh look it's the shills it's the shills <laughs> mm -hmm. so you can't win 
it did happen plenty of times. We were uh, holding on to slivers of hope whenever they would release something that was promising. We'd say, yeah, Plarium are doing a good job this week. Incredible. This is great. We're looking to a bright future. But yeah, this also brings me to another question to, to, to Kizzle. So when the Plarium CEO change happened, we all had high hopes for the game taking a new direction. It has taken a new direction, indeed. But at some point, it's some. they seem to have... Uh, put the, 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 the gear on reverse and they're starting kind of to accelerate in the opposite direction. Um, I, I don't know how much of an, uh, of an impact in the direction of the game this change uh, had. Uh, do you have any, any info on what, what they're going towards in the future, what they're thinking inside? Do you have any contacts with them? Um, I, I haven't spoken to him in a while, and, and to be honest, I, I, I talked to all of them on Skype, and I haven't been on Skype in, like, you know, since I did my last video. So, um, one of the guys I've become pretty good friends with, you know, and most... Skype? Friends, you yeah. boomer. Sorry, I had to get that in there. Well, no, it's, it's their preferred form of, of communication, believe it or not, but it's the only, like, two English-speaking guys at Plarium. So, like, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but... You know, so I just don't log into Skype a lot. Otherwise, I'd probably catch up with them because this is the weirdest part. The two creative directors are like, one of them's like funny, like Mad Capper, and the other one is just like an awesome dude. Like it, when I first started talking to him, I was like, "You guys are the ones to make decisions on raid." I was like, "I did not." Okay, yeah, it it really floored me. Um, Darth did not was not open-minded about it darth like started for minute one hating him and he was not going to change his mind about it whereas i was like dude they're really cool guys he's like no they're not and i was like okay i mean but yeah darth was just yeah he had made up his mind at that point he was over playerium but um no i i can tell you more speculation based off you know working in mergers and acquisitions and and seeing leadership changes um a lot of the times in a situation like that i, I guess when I did that video, I did not know who the new CEO was. I only knew that the CEO had been replaced, right? Mm -hmm. um, I initially thought what would make sense would be to hire, like, and if you go hire a consulting firm today, like McKinsey yeah. or FMI, they, and you tell them, hey, we're going to get rid of our CEO, they will put you in touch with, you know, titans in the, the, the industry that you're in that could run your company, you know? Mm -hmm. So my assumption was something like that happened. You know, they brought in, uh, my assumption was that maybe like aristocrat brought in a consultant like McKinsey, who then said, hey, you guys got to get rid of your CEO. Like he's, you know, slowing the process down. And by the way, here's a short list of people you can pick from. Um, unfortunately, they just promoted their CFO. And uh, so the CFO had been part of the company just as long as the CEO. So it's one of those things where you do the video, you're really pumped up about it. You see all these, you know, changes. And then like the first guy comes in your comments and says, Hey, I found out who it was. And I clicked on LinkedIn. I'm like, shit, this was a life for a plarium too. This is, you know, and I'm trying to not like immediately go negative on all the optimism I just had, but I kind of did, you know? Hmm. So, um, Unfortunately, yeah, he that guy that uh, they're both actually I think have the same name Avi or Ari. Um, they're both Israeli. I think it's a common name over there. But uh, essentially, yeah. they replaced the CEO with the CFO, and um, I'm sure the CFO, you know, changed a few projects and moved a couple things around because that's what you do when you're the new person in charge. And uh, probably got rid of some people, brought some people in that they liked, and then business as usual kicked in. 
what they really need is, you know, a, a, to cut the head off the snake and to bring in somebody with a lot of experience that, you know, communicates, I mean, like, you know, communicates with the player base and gets feedback on stuff and, you know, does all those things that a consultant would suggest that you do. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think they just brought in somebody that was a lifer, made a few small changes, and then went right back to business as usual. Yeah, I, it'd be nice if they got someone from like a like a. You think of games that have struck a beautiful balance. I think uh, was it Supercell? Is that the name for Clash of Clans and Clash Royale? They yeah. seem to have balanced it very well because all their tournaments, all their big events, are capped. So it doesn't matter how much you spend on your little champions in Clash Royale because I used to play it. I was fairly competitive in it. You would you would have level nine towers, which meant your champ you'd be able to get that just playing free to play. So you could still be good at the game and understand the mechanics to compete at the tournaments. But there's also the daily whale thing. So on the day to day, you could have your level fifteen or twelve, or I, when I quit, it was level twelve, I think, and and you could spend to get those guys faster. And it, I mean, Clash of Clans made a ton of money. It was top list forever. Uh, Clash Royale, I think, has a little less pay structure to it, but it's probably lower overhead too. So I'm sure they make tons of money on it. You know, if you get one of those guys in and say, "Hey, we want to strike that balance so that we can be around ten years from now, not just two years from now," it'd be awesome if they could. Uh, it would be awesome if they did it. But I, again, will they? Right? You know, I go back to saying, if if you're making a million dollars a day. Why would you bring on a guy with a quarter of a million a year salary to change it? Well, there's a couple elements there, right? There is a fatal flaw. There is an area where they can face plant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a video about this. I know everybody's tired of hearing that shit, but actually I fully scripted this video. I just, you know, I had uh, a bunch of, you know, personal shit happen that kept me from doing a follow-up to the last video, essentially. And then, you know, life happens, but that's a different story. But, um, there is a fatal flaw and the fatal flaw is their marketing platform that they use their budget. It, it is hand to mouth in the sense that it's the largest budget that I think anyone, you know, according to Plarium has ever, you know, used in a gacha game as far as their marketing is concerned. And I think that's self-evident when we look at the amount of advertising we see in this game. Um, and no finance person would have ever signed on for it. No accountant would have ever signed on for it because it's a, it's just a monstrous budget. And there's this thing, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's, uh, if you guys remember, like, in the 80s, there was this junk bond crisis. I don't know if anybody remembers that, Mad Capper. Mm. But <laughs> essentially, you could buy a company in the 80s, right, and pay for it with the projected money it will make in the future, not with actual money. That's what a junk bond was, right? Mm. Um, so essentially, you could show up, and instead of saying, here's a check for your business, you could show up and say, well, I'm just going to take it over now. And uh, I'll pay for it with the money I make out of this business moving forward, right? Here's the thing. Um, that's what they do with their day-to-day marketing budget. The day-to-day marketing budget has to hit a massive number every single day in new revenue, or they will immediately quit doing the program. They've never not hit it, which is why you still see advertisements for rates. So that's the fatal flaw. If one day it doesn't hit that, everything changes. Um, and... Uh, Luckily for them, they're they're you know they're able to hit it. And in that sense, I think you almost have to tip your hat a little bit to Plarium because they made a very bold move in essentially creating a extremely expensive marketing campaign, um, which is where all the focus in this game goes. Is to okay, we're putting all this money out every day, um, diversifying the ways they market, 
you know, because the budget is the budget. They don't want to change it. So now it's, we're going to focus more on Twitch. We're going to focus more on Facebook. We're going to focus, we're going to get content creators from YouTube. Like if you look at the pervasiveness of Raid Shadow Legends, it's gotten in front of everyone. That is where the internal effort goes in this game. Not into making better content, into, uh, into being pervasive, essentially. But uh, at the same time, wouldn't that become start becoming counterproductive at some point? Because uh, Raid has been a meme now and on the internet for a long time. People who've never even played it uh, are hating it, uh, basically will never try it just because of how uh, the meme status it acquired. So, yeah, it works, definitely. But I, I don't know. Uh, at some point, too much of advertising could be bad advertising. Is, is I mean, there such a thing? I used to say it on my channel a lot that, that this game had a very short shelf life. And, and I'll be honest, it, it has absolutely floored me that it's lasted as long as it has. Um, to a point where like, it's almost hard for me to kind of think about how and why. I think, uh, at the end of the day, I think the advertising is effective. But it's kind of like a pyramid scheme, right? People tell you, uh, you know, get four of your friends to get four of their friends. Well, you can only do that like yeah. 17 times over before you're at world population. Right. So it's not really that easy. Um, unfortunately, statistics matter. So eventually that will happen. I just I thought it would happen a lot sooner, <laughs> given the poor quality of the game and the fact that they weren't changing things. I, I guess where I failed the most in my assessment of the game was I really thought you needed the long term players in the whales. And I think they have shown us that not only do you not need them, that they also don't care about it. It goes against everything you've ever learned about creating any sort of IP. It's crazy, Kizzle. You were right. I agreed with you back then. But it, it flies in the face. I guess if you've got a million players, there's, what, 8 billion people now? And if you think of people that have income, there's, what, 5 billion or 6 billion people? Man, they, I guess they just the saturation's harder to hit than you think. Um, and they, they paid 10... I, I don't know about the number. This is the rumor I heard. was $10,000. For Mr. Beast to do a 30-second spot on one of his videos. $10,000 for a person not to even play the game. It's not like the, the Twitch streams ones. Just to do a 30-second with their script. And they, they got ridiculous return on that. Because all these guys that follow those type of players, the 15 to 22-year-olds or whatever, just started playing the game. And now they're even smarter with the Twitch streams. They have two levels. They give you, if you hit X number of people who download and play through the tutorial... You get, you know, depending on the size, you might get $100, $5,000, $4,000. But you also, if there's an in-game expenditure by any of those people that joined using your link, you get a bonus for everyone that does that. So, I mean, man, they're just creating this. Content creators are sitting there going, hey, you should play this game. Oh, you don't have to spend, but if you do, it'll help me out. And these these guys are just so indoctrinated by by their fandom that they'll do it. It's crazy to me. But a lot of that's kids, man. I, I gotta be honest. Yeah, my son watches it is. Beast, and like, I one day I finally like got onto his YouTube, and I realized that this is a foreign concept for me, being you know a small time YouTuber at one point in time. But essentially, if you're a kid, right? If the content creator just says like and subscribe, the kids actually do it. Yep. Like, if you're an adult, you feel like you, know, you got to have four really good videos before someone's gonna give you the time to like and sub. Right. But like my kid had, I don't know, like hundreds of subscriptions to like weird shit, you know, kid stuff. And I'm going through all of it. I'm like, why did you subscribe to all this, buddy? And he's like, well, they said like and subscribe. If you want to put money into a, sorry, I just, if you want to put money into something that will make your channel grow, no matter what, find out what that dollar is, get Mr. Beast or PewDiePie 
or any of these big name content creators to say, hey, I just checked out a new buddy of mine. He's just starting out on YouTube. I want you guys to go to his channel and subscribe. And however much that costs, it's probably, it's probably payoff in spades because that's how people just hear it and they go and then they do it. And especially on YouTube where retention's only one matrix. Subs is, is a big matrix. And a lot of people will just watch them because it shows up on your, on your recommended if you've just subscribed and, and yeah. you're in that content. So it's crazy. Um, you could really probably, and I mean, you know, I watch Philly DeFranco. He's got only 6 million compared to the 100 million of a PewDiePie, but he makes a ton of money just by going, hey, I'm wearing these Raycons. You should uh, also wear Raycons. Or, hey, you should make a Squarespace, you know. It's crazy how much money that is. They don't make money off YouTube anymore because if you're a news channel, 99% of what you talk about ends up getting suppressed and you you lose all the ad revenue. But yeah. it's a you make an empire off of off of shilling uh, shilling products. Yeah, and I was going to say earlier about the uh, kids subscribing to all sorts of things. My two year old now tells me like and subscribe whenever I serve her applesauce for some reason. So <laughs> true true story. Yeah. Yeah, but again, they they do all that good with the player acquisition. And when you think about content creators, actually people who play the game day in and out, who bleed out resources sometimes from their pockets, oftentimes from their pockets, just to try and um, consolidate this community to help new players, to help endgame players. Uh, the content creators program is basically just in-game resources and not even a whole lot of that, if you think about it. I don't know how other games do it, but I it's think actually... it is their in my experience, uh, and I hate to admit this, I really do. It's actually not bad if you can pay. It, it's trash when you think about it on an island. Compared yeah. to what I've seen personally out there, it's it's not bad. Um, now, a lot of what you'll get content creators, and this probably like maybe letting people in a little bit too much. A lot of what you'll get them bitching about is like there's a few games out there that do rev sharing. You know, so essentially, like you use the uh, the download link, you know, on your content creator's uh, you know page, and then they get a part mm -hmm. of the revenue yeah. that uh, that you spend moving forward. Any so since that's out there, and a few times games have done it, like any content creator is going to look at any game that doesn't have that and be like, yeah, that this sucks because you know I could be making a fortune and I'm not. Um, that being said, you know uh, the fact that they now have like a test server. It's improved a lot, but like, dude, when I went over to Epic Seven, I said, "Hey, like, I'm having people download this game all the time right now. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, can you guys give me like a link? Can you give me something?" They're like, "No." They're like, "The only thing we do for content creators is uh, we have a podcast. You can get on a list, and uh, we'll bring you on the podcast." And I was like, "So you guys don't give resources?" Or nope, nope. And I was, and I talked to a couple of the content creators there, and I was telling them like what Plarium did. They're like, "Why don't you go back, bro? That's huge." like yeah i guess grass is maybe a little bit greener man and i'm sure there are games out there that that maybe do a little bit more but you know the fact that there's a chat the fact that they talk to you like that's all kind of unique for me you know with other games that i've played you know trying to jump the, in the, the, like, yeah there is a chat the community managers community managers do talk to content creators uh, uh through that chat but again how connected are con uh, community managers to to actual decisions in the game is another topic because uh frankly i don't think they they are they they can bring out some of the feedback to the devs but um as far as uh having a say uh, i don't think they do at all 
I don't think they have a say. I remember when we uh, we had like the the community managers thing. I don't know how that's structured today. Back in the day, we had a ranger. I don't know if anybody here remembers ranger, and he was like a really nice dude. But he was our content creator manager before Diamond did it. And, and um, now it's Banana Jam after Diamond. Yeah, I've I've heard. <laughs> I haven't talked to Banana Jam, but I've heard that there's a guy named Banana Jam, which I think is a cool name. But I think um, it's, a, it's a girl actually. But it's, it's a, a lady. Girl. Yeah. Or just continue. Yeah. Okay. But um. You know, it uh, when it was Ranger, like you'd send Ranger a message, and like you might hear back from him a month later. Like he was just, he was wow. just unplugged, you know. <laughs> and so, like when Diamond showed up, like all the old school content creators were like, "Dude, this guy's the best!" Like he actually responds when you message him, you know. But um, with Ranger, it was like pulling teeth, man. I remember, you know, we kind of got like these offers in the beginning to say, like, well, we want to fly you guys out to Ukraine. And, uh, you know, have you guys do mocap and make champions out of you and do all this other kind of shit. And we were all super excited about it. And then, like, they pulled that. They instead did it with a couple YouTubers, you know, that, that had much bigger draws than us. So that, I guess that made yeah. sense. But, yeah, um, that, that, that happened. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we, we saw the videos and Dar sent one to me one time. He was like, remember the itinerary? We we're going to go skydiving. We we're going to go to some bar. I was like, yeah. He's like, watch this video. And it was exactly the itinerary that they're supposed to do with us. You know? I mean, that I was, get it though. Like I, I couldn't, I can't blame him for that. It sucks for you guys. But honestly, when you get know. MXR and uh, oh, I forget the other guy's name, that's, those are multi-million channels, you know, and, and that's what, you know, it's a part of your trip was part of an advertising budget, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, but I come on, they, they could have fit in a, a couple more seats on those on those planes and on those uh, trips. I mean, yeah, get get the big names, definitely. Sure, that's what that's the goal. But uh, give the guys who are yeah. toiling for you something in return. I was actually shocked back then a lot. It, it and honestly, it made sense to affect them. But the thing they told us a lot back then was we were the only people trying to teach people how to play the game, and yeah. they didn't know how to play the game. You know, so they were like really thankful that we were there for a period of time at least, you know, because essentially, you know, like the forums and, and even the uh, Discord was just full of questions. And then what they were really doing a good job of, and I say they, it, it was really Cirilla. Anything that had to do with community outreach at the time, at least, I don't know how she does today or, or where she's at today or whatever. She did a great job. But she would like, you know, assign content creators to, you know, certain threads and forums and stuff. And like, basically... You know, she actually watched our content to figure out who knew the most about certain areas and kind of like put us in charge of like helping people in those areas, you know, and then we would get compensated with gyms for doing that, essentially, you know, so there was like a minor effort, you know, um, but there was always communication with the content creators. I can say, like, if anything ever went wrong with my game or, you know, um, if anything ever went wrong with like one of my guild mates' game, like they couldn't log in, they'd have it fixed like in five minutes. Um, you don't get that kind of support from other games normally. But there again, those are not like that wasn't even Diamond or Ranger doing that stuff. That'd be like somebody that was on the technical side that was in the chat that maybe like watched mm -hmm. our videos, you know, that was like, oh, I got you, bro. Like, what's going on? Like, you can't get in. All right, send me your account ID. Boom, boom, boom. All right, check it now, you know. Um, I will say I haven't had that same experience on another game. Yeah, and, and on that note, big shout out to all the content creators uh, working today for the community and also to the unsung heroes. Uh, not not singing my own praise here, but talking about the moderator team for Raid Challenges, which do a lot of work behind the scenes on their social media platform, on their Discord. 
be it helping players for in-game stuff, creating guides, or um, moderating the, the different outlets. So, yeah, all of that work, if, if you think about it, comes from people who are volunteering their time, basically. You do get a little bit of compensation, but definitely not compared to the time that you spent out of the passion that you have for this game. And as I said, it applies to both content creators, moderators, and anybody who volunteers. So since we're getting close to the end of the episode, so I'd just like to have some closing word from each and every one. All right, so uh, Raid Shadow Legends, will you be playing this game same time next year? We'll do What do you want to uh, see in the game as far as changes? Any words that you want to say? Go ahead. Guys. Let me cut you off for just one second. We forgot to talk about one important thing. <laughs> the me. new dupe system. <laughs> you have to go there. <laughs> of course, I will not let this slide. Let's do it. Let's I will let's not let this slide. I will not let it slide. What the no, hell no. is wrong, dude? Like, really? A dupe, a power-up system to use the dupes with? Why? I don't, know how, I don't know how you're shocked. I don't know how you're... Dude, like, it... they have to remake the whole game based on that system. I, I still... I, I could have called that the... I could have called that two years ago, that that's how it's, it's going to go. Like, okay, like, dude, why can't we just trade three dupes or something for one new? No. Because then you won't pull shards to get okay. that new. Okay, then the power-up system is going to be completely useless if you have multi of that champion. You should limit the game, the champ, the champs to be one only. Don't you mess Honestly. with my Sathalia. I'm going to have the best and strongest and now Lugan in the hey, game. Hey, and you're hey, trying to I have that. five salads. Come at me, bro. I don't care. Hi, Lugan. <laughs> Eat your salad. Wait a minute. That sounded okay. weird. That's not creepy. <laughs> like, okay. okay. If, uh, if I looked at my dudes right now... What? What's up? Like, oh, here, here's the thing. Like, trust me, this is gonna change the whole game because the power-up system in this game right now, it's gonna be a giant pay-to-win fest. That's gonna be a pay-to-win thing. Oh, because, yeah. Because, yeah, like... The game, though, that, that, that just kind of reiterates. It, it's the newest function of the game. Okay, maybe, maybe a better way to say it, Mr. Thane, I'll turn it back around on you. Is there a function in this game or a new content that came out in this game? Uh, that you can think of that didn't immediately become a pay-to-win fest. Not really. So it should be exactly what you expected then, right? Like, okay, here's the thing. Arena right now works the system the, with the system it is. Doom Tower, beat. Everything is easy. You can beat everything. But changing this, this change with this dupe system is going to change the arena. Like, the people who have dupes, you're going to see the people who are in plant. Not the people who actually have reaction or... People who basically uh, have a Sifi. No, the people who have like five Sifis. I've seen someone with seven Sifis in 3v3 on a one-man defense before, like after recent. Or a full team of Necrit. Well, a full team of Necrit. Like, I have three Arbiters, okay? I can put the other two in one. I have four Duchesses right now besides the one I fed already. Like, I have... I can make a lot of champions really, really strong. But depends on how they're going to do it with the power-up. Okay, if it's not going to increase speed, doubtly they will make them faster with the power-up. If, like, only basic stats like HP, defense, and attack, okay, that's going to be different. But still, HP, defense, and attack... Tronda is already, like, the strongest nuker in the game. Imagine having base attack when you finish gearing her to go to 8,000 or 9,000 or 10,000. That's already broken. Like this, doing research, having done research on uh, other games' dupe systems, uh, it's. Gizzle can tell you. 
Well, it's because the most common kind. Works in this one, and I can tell you whether or not it's like the other games I played. Epic Seven have it. I think it's uh, power up also. It's an imprint in Epic Seven, so like you know, a base stat will you know go up by a multiple every time mm. you imprint the actual unit. Um, and then you can do it a maximum, I think, in Epic Seven of like seven times. But unfortunately, in Epic Seven, the meta now is to have all of your units, especially your damage units, fully imprinted seven times. So, like, you're not just like in what they do in Epic Seven is they have a limited unit, which means you cannot pull that unit like in the actual normal summons, right? So yeah. When a limited unit pulls out, that comes out that's meta changing. You have to get seven of them now. I don't know if you guys played Dragon Blaze, but I played it like that game. You can only have one copy of a champion, right? Like the uh, legendary equivalent to this game, the raid. But they have a power up system, but it's different. Like you, we used to use uh, some materials to actually do the power ups. Now they changed it. If you pull the dupe, like it comes as a card, then you power up your champion with it. Not like it's like you evolve your champions like three times to get uh, second impact. And second impact, you cannot use dupes. You use materials. There is no such thing as dupes in second impact. You can't really have a dupe system when you're allowed to play multiple legendaries in one in any aspect of the game. Like if you can use, you know, two tundras, well, then it's no longer a dupe system, right? It's just like, no. Yeah. Now it's become something different. Like you have to be able to limit the, the amount of active champions to one. Then there's. It, of course, then it's still a whale fest, but then, you know, it makes sense to have a dupe system. But in this game, like, the goal is almost to get multiple, you know. Not uh, from everything. Like, what are you going to do with four war chiefs? Yeah, no, you, yeah, that, that makes I'm sense. But I mean, right. Um, like, besides win the game? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, seriously, like, okay. Let me, I, have, I have four astrolets, right? What am I supposed to do with them? I have, I, okay, four candrophones. Okay, candrophone is amazing. An amazing defensive nuker now, but still, what am I gonna do with four? Like maybe three or two. But what am I going to do with four of them? Four duchesses. I still have no idea what I'm gonna do with the fourth one. You can play euchre. That's a four-person game. That'd be good. Um, okay, five Basilius Ronas. Answer me. Yeah, you can't play euchre. Five is out. That's really? too many. Really? You have to feed really, one to make one a really good euchre player. Okay, I'll 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 do you one better. Four Killian and the Lucky. Well, that's. I mean, they're all, all lucky, lucky so they'd be great card players. Lord. I don't know. I think poker. You could play poker with them. Mm. Look, that's... I. You know what? There's going to be no right answer to the dupe system. I don't. I've heard a lot, and all of them have their pros and cons. And I think, again, it. it my only thing, and and why I I originally got quite upset about the dupe system that they've kind of sort of teased. But at the end of the day, I pulled back because honestly, you're saying now only the whales will win. Well, now the whales are the only ones winning anyway. And the only thing yeah, you can win at true. is Platinum Arena. So, yeah, you're saying, what am I going to do with four duchesses? You're going to make your duchess the best. Someone else is going to make their trend yeah, the best. You, and you, someone else is going to make their Stiffy the best. You're I'm saying still your not going to compete with any of you. You're saying your game is not pay to win. Then why you're doing such thing that makes it actually pay to win? And besides, when you're Trunda who hits as hard as anyone because she's a 12-copy Trunda, hits reaction gear, She's gonna. it's still going to be like a slap, and then your your 12-time Duchess will, will win. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, got my, I don't... I, I, sorry, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. I thought you were uh, done. I just wanted to add this. Uh, I got my solution from Plarium for 
Like, I got a solution from Plarium. I mean, related to this dupe issue. Uh, since I had three Eurasians in my in my inventory, mm -hmm. they basically did uh, release the new missions, and one of them is fuse Eurasian Scarhide. And guess what? I had three Eurasians without even fusing him. So now I will have four Eurasians. So they fixed my dupe system. Yay! Doesn't it sound like a solution? Like wow. forcing people to fuse a rosin no, but, I mean, when they have three rosins? If, if they're going to introduce uh, the Duke <laughs> system as the, in, through the power-up route or empowerment, as they mentioned, because that was the keyword that they said, uh, at least have uh, a way in the game for um, low spenders and free-to-play players to achieve the same kind of empowerment through farming. Not necessarily through pulling uh, dupes of uh, of a champion that's impossible to pull in the in the to begin with, because other games are doing it. I don't have the exact names in mind, but I uh, I do remember having seen that in uh, in discussions around the internet. Other games are doing it in the sense that if you're a whale, you can instantly access that uh, uh, enhancement. If you're not a whale or don't want to spend, you can farm it slowly through time through an insured. Uh, way of getting it. It's just uh, an investment of time until you get to that point. Let, let me cut you off just for a second. Okay, other games have power-up systems, right? But it's not as expensive as Raid. Oh, yeah, That's sure. the difference. That's a, the biggest factor here, okay? Uh, we, had a, we had some talk the other day from other content creators. Like, if you pull 200 Void Shards, right, and you did not get a Legendary, on double times with the pity that $600 worth of money paid on 200 void shards with the best deals in the game. So you're yeah. spending $600, then you get pitied, uh, Kizzle, which basically, if you don't know about the mercy system, the pity system, you need to pull 200 shards without getting a legendary, then the chances started to increase. Yeah. Basically. In other games, you know, you, you pull, usually it's 100 times, and then it's a guarantee. Then the 101st summon is that unit. And the shards are cheaper, right? During During 2x, it should be 100, the pity system, in my opinion. Yeah, the like, only way a pity system works is you get a banner, and like it, this is why I don't understand, because it, it, it seems like it makes a lot of money, right? It, you drop a new unit. Right, this is what Epic Seven does. They drop a new unit twice a month, right, and then they drop a void unit every two months. The void units have their own banner, right, and their own uh, uh, shards that you can roll, just like they do here, right. All that stuff, you know, you can buy, you know, from packs as they come out. There's always a way to get enough packs to pity. It's a hundred summons at a one percent chance to pull that unit, and then they even close the amount of other units you can get. So, like, you know, let's say you were going to be rolling for Trunda or for Siffy. You know, then they might throw Trunda in as the non-void unit. That way you may end up pulling three Trundas in your path to getting a Siffy. That's a lot of incentive to spend, you know. Um, that's how they typically do it. So they actually close down the amount of units that you can spend when you're on a banner. You get the uh, the pity, and usually uh, you get a 1% chance to roll it. And then everything else is standard, you know, but they, they make the hero pull smaller. And then after 100 rolls, you get the unit guaranteed. And I think, you know, if you do the math out in most games, it's like, you know, around 300 bucks for a uh, a unit that is not void probably closer to like 600 to pity a void unit is what i've seen yeah like the, the 
There's something can be done. There's something can be done. That I seen in Dragon Blaze, okay? And it didn't break the game. Right? Like, there had they had something. Okay, you buy it basically. Okay? You buy a champion. But they did it like once in like three years or something. Or I don't know. They did it once for an event, their anniversary or something like that. A champion select card. Right? You select a champion that you don't have. Instead of going through the RNG aspect and pull and pull and pull, you just, like, select him. But that, Mr. Tham, will, will break some mechanics yeah. in my that, opinion. Like, that, every, everyone will have everything. Like, not, not everyone. The whales, the whales will have all the champs. That will and not that work will in raid, yeah. That will yeah, mean there will be no competition at high levels. I think the well, problem with this game... At that point, would come to min-maxing your gear. Yeah, right? so you got to think like it, the whales always shift. So yeah, exactly. Talked true, about true. the banner earlier, right? And how you had to have this massive gap to get the banner. This is what player doesn't understand, right? You you give everyone the units and you charge them a lot to get the units. Now the meta is to have all the units, and the meta shifts from being unit based to being gear based. Now everyone's spending crazy money to get that banner because that's how you min max your, and that's essentially how you get an advantage over the person that you're playing against. Instead of having Siffy, everybody has Siffy. Now she has to be faster. Now you're wailing on the speed packs instead of wailing on uh, Void Weekend. Well, they've already done that, but they could get more people to do that. Is and you're right. What yeah. I always thought that, and we've talked about this, Kiz, uh, in your chat long ago, and it's a perfect tie into the dupe system, in my opinion. Um, they don't do cosmetics in this game, and they have the best art department. Yeah. Why are they not? Why is the dupe system not a chance to make my Sathalia in five different costumes and I can unlock those costumes with dupes? And people think, oh, they wouldn't spend that. Did you see the 3v3 whale out to get the, the exclusive avatar? That's just a cosmetic. An avatar is just a cosmetic. And yet, man, oh man, how much money did Manny spend? And Infinite, and uh, I don't remember the five that got it, Wanamess, and the, and the two others, just to get an exclusive avatar. You don't think that people would put that? You said it yourself, then. What are you going to do with five duchesses? Well, exactly. you're going to have three different costumes. Wouldn't that be cool? You were the only one with an ultra black, you know, cover on on your on your uh, duchess. She looked totally different than everyone else's. Ooh, I man, think... You're, you're giving me... A I would do it. Tarantino Speedo, man. Oof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. more mother in a in a hot tub come on oh, like let's oh. <laughs> lots of possibilities here but man you're wrong they do cosmetics they just changed the avatar for whisper recently so the games the the, the game does cosmetics well oh, i think he thinks you know like i, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah well, come on, but we talked know. about kizzle every other game like, that's where the money is. Like, look at uh, Seven Deadly Sins. You don't spend on anything but banners and cosmetics. Yep. I will, end, I will maybe end on a controversial note. Again, take this with a grain of salt. This is just a rumor. This is just a rumored leak that came from somebody who allegedly announced features before they were, uh, they were in-game. There's apparently plans for getting skins in the game, which can add bonus stats, and they will be sold for a price. For legendaries and epics again, pure speculation, pure rumor. Can it just be the dupe system instead of spending? I hope. I hope if it was. I mean, that's uh, directly out of Seven Deadly Sins. That's what the cosmetics are. They're skins that you put on your champions that give you enhanced stats. That's exactly what it is. So they're just stealing it from Seven Deadly Sins. At least let them steal correctly. I don't mind stealing at all. I want them to be like the competition. 
yeah. as Kibo said, all their original ideas are, are, are pretty, pretty crappy. Most of them, at least. All right. So, guys, again, I, I would love to continue this conversation for two more hours, <laughs> but we have long past reached the, the end of the episode. So, any closing words from anyone? Anything you want to see in the game? Anything you don't want to see in the game? Any words in general? Or any things about what you're, uh, you're going to be up to next week? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, Mr. Tham, let's start with you. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, I don't think I have anything much right now to do. Just, like, wait, continue my free-to-play time since I started. I want to see how long it will take, honestly. Probably the only time I'll break it when there's a 10-time Draco, like, pfft, never. Uh, that's basically it. Just kind of work on CVC and see how the game will work. I want to see the presets. How it's going to be... I hope it's actually not buggy. I hope it actually works fine, as intended. But probably we're going to have some issues with it. And I hope, I hope it actually works. Because that's going to be big for the game. Right. Now, uh, Kappa. Yeah, I just... Um, I'm also have gone free-to-play as of... Uh, I'm one week. One week free-to-play. And I feel like I'm at... Alcoholics Anonymous or something. Um, and yeah, I just... the the I like the direction. I really love that they're finally putting some... Your own control on how your champion reacts. I'm still a little bit concerned with some of the... Some of the back end of that. But I hope at least this is a starting point. I mean, nothing... It, it won't break the back end. Like, for example, Tyrant won't use his HP burn if there's only one champion in front of him on the Frost Spider. Just things like that. You can't change that with this mechanic. But at least it's going to open up a whole lot more abilities for champions that are are not usable because their AI is stupid. I actually wanted to make a, a Plarium AI video to talk about it. So I, I really hope that I want to see more AI changes. And I, I think this is a start. And I, I, that would be my biggest hope for the game. And then just, man, I hope someone over there is listening. And I hope, well, actually, I hope we are listening. Like, I hope if we want this to change... Let's change it. Let's stop spending money. Let's stop going after reaction gear. Let's stop all the spend, and they'll learn because it's their analytics. So that's that's what I'd like to see is just some opportunity to uh, to put this game back on a on a level field where I feel comfortable spending money uh, rather than shamed. Fair enough, uh, Besme. Yeah, well, um, we have touched the CVC topic a lot this uh, during this podcast and the previous one as well. I just yeah, want to say that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, the my plans for the future or the nearest future is like we're gonna have regular meetings with my clan before every CVC and decide if we go or not go based on how many resources have we recovered from the last one. And so on. And this is a good thing. I want to highlight this. Like CVC has perhaps, in my opinion, only one good aspect. And it has improved the communication uh, in, uh, within, the, within the clan members in, in, in clans. I don't know how it is for you guys, but for my clan, we have become a lot more social. It has become a lot more active. My Discord is basically 
super active uh, ever since since the CVC has started. Like people are trying to find like solutions to min max the efforts and get as many points as they can without having to spend money because that's the the goal. I mean, we should be able to compete without spending money, which is not always the case. But at least we do the effort. We do uh communicate a lot so i'm liking it and we're gonna have like regular meetings with uh, with other clan members and see where we're at so that's my in my agenda for the next days and like i said i'm a i'm a, i've become a regular platinum fishing finisher so i'll push on monday not super hyped not super excited i used to like arena competition a lot the last two uh Mondays have not been super hyped. Not because I did not end, I, I did not rank good. I mean, I, I ranked top hundred. Not this Monday, but the previous one, and and like I, I've been ranking top hundred in in the last four. So yeah, it like I said, it's it, it's uh, there's a lot of question marks right now. So I'm just waiting to see how this AI change will affect the game. Uh, as per now, I'm like uh, you, you could feel it. I was a little bit. In, more on the negative side during this postcard but i'm i do also like the game guys and i do run a clan i do run a community i do stream so i do like to help people uh figuring out what is best when is best what's going on what's coming next and how do we prepare for this new feature or new content is releasing so uh, we still need to keep the bar up with the positivity but we also need to be like real and try to highlight problems that, that, that's why uh i mean that's also part of in my opinion, our job or task of making content. So yeah, definitely that's my uh, two cents on this. Perfect. Thank you for that. And last but not least, Mr. Kizzle. So any news on the raid front and news on in gaming front in general or anything that you'd like to talk about or any closing thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I think uh, I, I think I'm going to do a few um, Twitch streams, you know, coming up in the next week and uh, I'm either going to get on schedule to maybe where I stream a little bit to get back into doing YouTube. Um, but, you know, it, it would be raid-centered um, at this point in time. Um, I'm not in love with the game, but at the end of the day, uh, community-wise, doing content on raid is a very different experience than doing content on another game. And uh, one thing I guess I kind of learned about myself is uh, I do enjoy doing content on raid. I don't necessarily always enjoy playing the game, um, but I, I don't necessarily enjoy doing content on other games. So I think uh, I'll make some sort of comeback and kind of see where it goes. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me here and our conversations. And I'd like to think somebody somewhere is listening that'll make some changes. But I think if you really want to promote change, um, I think you guys landed on it today, whether you realized it or not, figure out how to structure the community into win trading uh, Guild Wars. I think that will get a lot of attention, and I think Plarium will start realizing that it's not just a money machine. The, you have to use the community against them like they've used it against us. There, there's ways to do that. I don't know if I landed on it there by doing win trading. Maybe it's a good start. But if we can figure out ways to use the community against them the way they've used it against us, I think uh, we'll start to see some progress. Perfect, and uh, couldn't have ended on better words, actually. Yeah, there are plenty of initiatives going on trying to uh, structure the community into pushing back against what we like. One of them is win trading, actually. That's something that I'm aware of and uh, that's in the works. And uh, yeah, uh, I would like to thank everyone who was here, Besmir, Kizzle, Matt Kappa, Mr. Fam, and also our man in the chair who's done an awesome job pulling all the graphics and information as we were going. Mr. Alka, you are awesome. Keep doing well done, Arka. Thanks. Bravo. 
And yeah, this was Dark Shadows uh, Assemble, the special episode of the Saffron Man's podcast. You can catch us on Twitch every week. Uh, usually this will be Saffron hosting starting from next week again. And the video will be available on YouTube with all the links and descriptions uh, put down below. Thank you very much. This was a great pleasure having you all and hosting. And we will see you in a next episode. Cheers. Death Knight here. Thanks for watching. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe so me and Mr. Nibbles can catch you next time. See ya.